If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Batman Universe Bat Fans Podcast without pants and socks in a 52-inch ways. This you podcast that up already too. <laughs> I, I probably said words backwards. Huh? Yeah, yeah, but just go with it. I mean, who cares? It's, yeah. it's like, I mean, we, we do like the, the least amount of edit editing on this show. So. <laughs> uh, but but don't forget to say this podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Set it with a little commercial voice tones in there. <laughs> yeah, you can do uh, movie trailers now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are on episode 69, dudes. Tell me get that <laughs> reference, Dane. Uh, I don't even want to say it, say it Tim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't want to say it's from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? <laughs> No, because I mean I, I don't know what I, I don't know why people think those movies are good. Oh, I love the first movie. <laughs> really, you do? Yeah. Uh, damn. Uh, I guess this is gonna be the new Scott Snyder, uh, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> well, I can't really argue with you with the second one because I only saw that once and I really don't remember too much about it. <laughs> it's only like forward in time or something. All like, I know it's called to the future. All I know it's called Bogus Journey and they like travel with the Grim Reaper or something like that. <laughs> They're making a third one. So. That's what I heard. <laughs> that should be definitely be interesting to see how, what that's going to be about. And Keanu Reeves has been doing a bunch of crap lately. So. <laughs> I mean, why not another one? It, uh, it might be his best movie in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Keanu Reeves had like that samurai movie. I forget what that one's called. 49 Ronin or something. Yeah, something like that. Then he had uh, this new one. John Wick. Yeah, like, something like that. It's like, doesn't look too good, but hey, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say it right. Exactly. But I will say, if they do make a Bill and Ted, a third one, I might just go see that in the theater. <laughs> really? Really, Tim? Uh, uh, the first movie is so good. So so if uh, that movie and, uh, let's say, Avengers Age of Ultron is, <laughs> <laughs> is, is coming out the same day, which one do you see first? Well, if, if Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Part 3 is going to come out the same day as Age of Ultron, which is like six or seven months away, it's really going to be a fast-track movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I think that one's a no contest. <laughs> which one oh, I'm going to see first? Bill and Ted, right. Uh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, I did like that new Age of Ultron trailer. That was crazy, though. It leaks. But they're more yeah. you know what, screw it, we're just going to release it. <laughs> Here you go. What were they waiting for? To begin with? I mean, they were supposed to exclusively for like debut on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next oh, week. Oh, I see. You I know, that's supposed to be try to get more ratings up for that episode with the Avengers trailer. So I'm sure the people at ABC were upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and who are the two? I mean, this has bugged me since I saw Captain America 2. Okay. Who are the two people that are in those cells at the end? Oh, okay. 
characters are Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And oh, I see. Are you familiar with those characters at all from the comics? Or? Uh, I've heard of none of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing where it can get a little confusing. Well, not confusing, but this in the with movie rights and all that stuff. Because cool. technically, they're both part of X Men and the Avengers, so they both can use them. Yeah. But um, if they're because Quicksilver was in X Men Days of Future Past, this is what he's going to be in Avengers too. But those two characters, they're actually the children of Magneto, and they're mutants. But they can't allude to that in Avengers because <laughs> they can't use the word mutants and they can't use Magneto at all. So, really? Yeah, it's going to be so. So, so they can't. Avengers. So, so they can't be like, uh, look at that mutant over there. Nope. But, but not referring to like a human being or anything. Like maybe like a dog with a third leg or something. <laughs> That's, yeah, because you know you got teenage mutant ninja turtles. They could say mutant. So <laughs> maybe they or, can throw it in there. Or what about the word mutation? Like, this is a weird mutation. Yeah, maybe not to the characters. Maybe they can use it to describe something else. Because if you notice at the at the extra credit scene for Winter Soldier, the guy says uh, we're in the age of miracles. So yeah. if they, people are thinking instead of mutants, they're gonna call like people with special powers miracles instead of mutants. That's the theory going around. I don't know why Disney slash Marvel just doesn't buy back X Men, Spider Man. Is it like? Is it like a solid contract where they can't get it back until the contract is up or something? Yeah, or probably, but I'm sure it's going to cost a bunch of money to get oh, it. Yeah, I think yeah. Spider-Man's going to get back to Marvel eventually because they're not Spider-Man movies under Sony aren't doing as good as they wanted to. Oh. But the X-Men movies are still very profitable for Fox, so I don't think those are going anywhere for a long time. Really? Because I didn't even know the, the new one came out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, until it's I saw really, it on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, so... Hmm. Yeah, so as long as Fox keeps making money off it, <laughs> we're never going to see Hugh Jackman's Wolverine with the Avengers, unfortunately. <laughs> but maybe Spider-Man. Has he done Wolverine like 10 times or something? Uh, he has four. Hugh Jackman? I think he's done six. And he's yeah, going like to do another times. one in a X-Men Apocalypse, so... He, he might as well just go for 10. <laughs> yeah, I know, because... He's in like every X-Men movie, right? He's even in uh, first class, right? For that was a cameo appearance, but yeah, yeah. He's still technically in it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Dane, we have some business to get to. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. We're in the middle of the World Series as we're recording this podcast right now. We're actually on game three. It's and actually it's going to the bottom of the ninth right now. So <laughs> uh -oh. by the time we record our next episode, we'll know the results. But you and me have a little wager going on as far as uh, who's going to win this series. <laughs> I took Kansas City. I think they're going to do it. They just have that feeling where they're the team that everything is going right for them. They have that good momentum. And they just have the, that feel where there's like this up. It's kind of like the Cinderella story team where no one expected them to make it this far in the playoffs, but here they go. But you said you're picking San Francisco, correct? Yeah, because, I mean, yes, it's a, it's a great story. makes for great drama that Kansas City is in the, in the World Series. And people should be happy that they're in the World Series. But I'd rather go with experience rather than Cinderella. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to not go with that, too, because, I mean, the Giants have won it two <laughs> like yeah. every year they won it, 2010, 2012, and every even year it seems like they're in the <laughs> series. So. But thankfully the series is tied 1-1 right now, so it's not like one of us has the edge. 
Although if Kansas City wins tonight, I'll have the edge. But um, yeah, tell them what the winner is going to have to do, or the loser is going to have to do, <laughs> depending on. <what> it is. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's a long, fought-over topic on this show, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Uh, if Kansas City wins, I will have to tell Tim, and state it as a fact on this show that. Scott Snyder's Mr. Zero, I mean, Mr. Zero, Zero. Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze uh, origin story in the New 52 was a good, I mean, was bad, was terrible. If the Giants win, the San Francisco Giants win, then Tim has to finally admit and get in line and realize his (laughs) mistakes and say that uh, the, the Scott Snyder... Mr. Freeze origin story as Scott Snyder did in the new 52 is good. Uh, if I lose, it's going to be hard <laughs> to say that, but it's got to be somewhere every time. I have to make sure that. <laughs> yeah, for like the ne- yeah, let's say the World Series ended our next show, right? Mm-hmm. So for like the next five shows after that, you're going to have to say that. How about even good. better? So uh, the next 2015 baseball season starts. <laughs> That's how long the Luther has to admit. <laughs> oh man, Ooh, that that would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just have to try to avoid the subject. <laughs> Whoever loses, <laughs> try not to bring Mr. Freeze up at all. Or you get person, like the other person keeps reminding the other person, "Hey, yeah. that story. <laughs> Remember how good or how bad it was?" <laughs> or you could do like a whole technical thing where it's like. It, it wasn't in a contract, Tim. I didn't see any contract, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Just go back on your word without really going back on your word. No, we're we're bad fans of honor here. We, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to keep true to our word. <laughs> Otherwise, the, the person who loses and has to say that is kicked off the podcast, in which case the other person would have to do this podcast by themselves. So technically, the winner might become the loser anyway. <laughs> the <laughs> podcast all by themselves. It's one big circle. Yeah. <laughs> so end up losing. Uh, but hopefully for a good World Series where it goes seven games. I'm glad like no team's up 2-0 yet and we get a sweep. I just want a nice long seven-game series. So, so what kind of World Series would you rather have? Like, let's say the Yankees are in the World Series, right? Would you rather have a sweep or would you have rather have it go seven games? Yeah, see, if my team's in it, I want to sweep. <laughs> I don't want to drag it out <laughs> as long <laughs> as I have to. Because uh, I got see, 2004 in the back of my mind. <laughs> up, yeah. yo, then you're up 3-1, and no big deal. 3-2, and we still got this. 3-3, uh-oh, then you lose. <laughs> uh, can't believe that's 10 years ago already. <laughs> Well, the farther away, the better for you, right? Yeah. So, uh, if I can go back and change any like postseason series loss, whether it's, like it's either 2001 with the Diamondbacks where they lose in Game Seven in the ninth, or 2004 with the Red Sox, I always go back and forth. Like, <laughs> I don't know which one stings more. Yeah, I remember when. Uh, I remember when what was it the fifth game of the Boston oh. series? Yeah, the bosses. Uh, I remember just being like, well, who cares about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the Yankees are going to go, and it's going to be another bad year for, or not bad, but 
another just letdown season for the for the Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, they helped break the curse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the uh, the bloody sock game, the Kurt Schilling game. That was the road turning point. Yeah, because they were back home at Yankee Stadium. They could yeah. There, Schilling's been hurt. Yeah, so I hate that team. <laughs> you know what? I, yeah, I'd rather the, I'd rather change the outcome of the 2001 World Series because that was a good team, great players. The 2014, I didn't like that team anyway. So, what do you mean the Red Sox? No, the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're just talking about the the Red Sox team you didn't like. I was well, like, I like them. yeah, well, <laughs> you like the Yankees, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Enough talking about old bad memories. <laughs> but <laughs> No, no, no. Let's explore this further and just get you all mad. No. <laughs> so so Kevin Millar. <laughs> it's all because of his luck. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about him? <laughs> He's actually funny that I watch a show intentional talking about movie networks. So. <laughs> But the people like players I can't stand, it's mainly the Yankees. Kevin Brown, who killed them. Garrett <laughs> Sheffield, who did absolutely nothing. I'm your Vasquez. This awful, awful team. Was uh, was Tom Gordon on that team? Yeah, he gave up. He was, right? He, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, because they were winning in game five, and he gave, gave it up in the eighth inning. Oh, I thought, I thought that one went into extras. It did. Yeah, they tied it. The Yankees had the lead. Gordon gave up the tie. Yeah, yeah. And right. went into extra innings. <laughs> oh, Tom Gordon, your favorite reliever. Just like uh, Joba Chamberlain, right? Uh, I, I take Tom Gordon over Joba Chamberlain. <laughs> You're going to 14 something ERA as a, as, a, as a relief pitcher and all. No, what, what was his ERA in this, po- this year's postseason? was like 117. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 117 or something. Like, how does that happen? I know. <laughs> well, if you've seen him pitch, you know why. <laughs> Well, I mean, even even if you see him pitch, it's like you you made it to the major leagues, right? <laughs> you, you've been a part of the major leagues for a while now, right? I mean, How did that happen? Worse instead of better, <laughs> <laughs> and he still makes a major league roster. I, I don't oh, get it. Maybe not next year. <laughs> he's probably got to sign a minor league deal or something. Oh, so so he's not with uh, Tigers anymore. I think it was only a one year deal. Mm. Yeah, I want to give him two years. That's for sure. <laughs> no, 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 ten years for like hundred million for a crappy old relief pitcher. Relief pitcher, <laughs> right-handed relief pitcher. Yeah, relief pitchers don't even get four years. <laughs> ten years. <laughs> okay, now I'm done. Anyway, anyway, you know, sad memories for him, <laughs> like Joe Chamberlain and Tom Gordon. Yes. But we'll find out who the winner is on our next episode because the series will be over by Wednesday, even if it goes seven games. So we'll definitely have a winner. Yeah, it's too bad. It's uh, it's too bad. It's uh, an odd number. Mm. You know, the World <laughs> Series is seven games. So like, it's too bad it wasn't eight. And let's say you have a four-four tie, then you go to extra games. After that. <laughs> the extra game. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the new commissioner can install that rule. <laughs> we got. Oh yeah, Bud Selig is gone, right? Yep. After this, I think January, the new commissioner takes over. I wonder if Pete Rose is finally going to get his uh, his um, his Hall of Fame nomination. I wonder if he's going to get his band dropped. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said, the new commissioner, he could have a change of heart maybe or has a totally different view than what Bud Selig on it. But I'd say, I mean, 
gambling compared to the steroid stuff <laughs> in my yeah. book is not that bad. So if a steroid player ever gets in, then Pete Rose should get in. <laughs> <laughs> so so if uh, Roger Clemens gets in tomorrow, then Pete Rose should get in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's Bonds or A-Rod too. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Shoeless Joe? <laughs> you should get in. Shoeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's his name. Yeah, Shoeless Joe Jackson. All right. You think he should get in? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Let's just throw all the cheaters in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was illiterate, so he technically didn't know what he was signing when he signed his <laughs> confession. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of commissioners, here's a great segue. <laughs> Let's get back into our Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute commentary, where last we left off, Commissioner Gordon was entering the sewer. Boom. <laughs> oh, you shut me down. It's it's kind of like we're having a dance fight. And like, you, you bust it out like a really cool move. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got to look down, and everybody's like, oh. And I just got to look down and be, be all shameful. Yeah, okay, man. <laughs> It's a good segue. Don't come around often, and you got to use it when you can. <laughs> Just like Tom Gordon in the wrong nah. situation. <laughs> right, he's gonna be brought up throughout the podcast. I know. <laughs> Some way you yeah. can bring him in. It's like Tom Gordon. Tom Gordon. Hey, you know Tom what? Gordon. That's another segue into it because Tom Gordon, Commissioner. Oh yeah, Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> oh, I just, I just put that in your lap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm two for two. <laughs> Tom Gordon, the worst relief pitcher? No. <laughs> yeah. Joba Chamberlain? Yes. With his 117 ERA? <laughs> yeah, you can't argue that. <laughs> but we're on minute 23, which is lower than Joba Chamberlain's postseason ERA. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be going to minute 23 to minute 24. So get your DVD player, your Blu-ray player, your VHS copy, your digital download copy, your beta tape, any copy you have. We're ready to go. Are you ready, Dane? Yes, I am, Tim. I'm ready like Tom Gordon thought he was ready. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> was it the bottom of the eighth? Yeah, it was the eighth. <laughs> yeah, the keyword thought he was ready. <laughs> thought he was ready. Just like Joe Chamberlain thought he was ready to <laughs> go to the Tigers and start anew. Yeah, yeah, I see his beard that he has. <laughs> he better shave that thing with 117 ERA. Yeah, it's like that. If he thought that was a good luck beard, it didn't work. Yeah, he's been <laughs> saved it a long time ago. It didn't work for him. Like it worked for the Red Sox. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Yep. Okay, here's the countdown. In three, two, one, go. Was I thought it was the exciting shot of Gordon's backside <laughs> climbing down the ladder into the sewer. And we'll, we'll see if we actually make it to where the explosion happens. I think we will. Yeah, I think so. So what happened to those two guys' bodies after? I know. I wonder what Bane did to them. <laughs> just kept them there. And he just left it. See? I can't. See, so those guys are dead, right? Yeah. Again, the cops couldn't shoot them. Yeah. I, we'll get to there like 50 episodes later, but when we get to the final <laughs> action sequence, <laughs> I would have loved to see the cops do a little more damage to the mercenaries. But that's, yeah, I got to be a director. They're completely useless. Yeah. <laughs> I 
and Foley doesn't like John Blake's attitude. Yep. I keep on forgetting his name, too. <laughs> I know. Good thing I had the close captioning on there. <laughs> it said Foley. Yeah, we're, we're ending on another good shot. Foley has a weird look on his face as he's talking. <laughs> uh, dang it, Tim. Will they make it into the sewers in time to save Gordon? Will Foley we'll be able to handle out. this new hothead in the police force? <laughs> find out next episode. <laughs> same bat minute. <laughs> <laughs> Same bat minute, same bat second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if that doesn't get you excited for the next episode, I don't know what will. <laughs> oh man, it's 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 like we we have to do like this, we have to do this show weekly, because we're never gonna get anywhere doing it every two weeks. Hey, we made progress. We're on minute. 24 now. Who would have thought we would have made it to the 20s? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I bet you Alex was somewhere, like, sitting in his room or whatever, listening to this show. And, his, and when we announced this, he was probably like, they're not going to make it to 20. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be shocked <laughs> when they make it to minute five. <laughs> yeah. You're probably just going to drop this. So, yeah. <laughs> making progress, then. We're making progress. We're finally in the sewers. We're finally going to see Bane in his natural habitat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we are determined. That's for darn sure. Yeah, but just imagine how painful it's gonna be when it's when we get to the part where Batman fights fights Bane in in the sewer. That's gonna be the best part of the minute by minute commentary. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's gonna that could drag out as long as it could. Yeah. <laughs> it's won't. gonna be heartbreaking. Yes, yeah, so, especially depending on what shot it ends on. I think one of the minutes where it's baby Batman just on the floor. Or I'm hoping the minute ends for one of the episodes and Brian as Bane snaps his back on his leg. <laughs> that'd be the perfect stopping point. No, that wouldn't. That would that'd be the worst stopping point because if people are in fact not watching the movie regularly and they're going by our commentary, they're gonna be like, Oh my god, what happens next? They're gonna be crazy. They're gonna be going crazy That's for true, the next yeah. two weeks. So it'd be a bad place to end. <laughs> Yes, but it'll just keep the make the anticipation that more much more higher. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of ends, Tim. Yes. <laughs> there, boom, another segue. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, Tim. Yeah. So this week's feature topic. Well, it's gonna be a feature topic slash rant for me because <laughs> this one I'm calling the death of comic book deaths because we just got the announcement this week. DC solicitations came out, and again. They release a big spoiler for a story they have coming up, which I hate. So I'll throw the spoiler tag out there now. We're going to talk about that announcement regarding the new Robin, or I should say the Robin, <laughs> coming back. And it is going to be Damien is returning. And I'm just going to say this right off the bat. I am happy that Damien's returning. I mean, he... Right when he's killed off, he's becoming, he gets kept growing and growing as a character. Became much more of a fan of him. His interaction with Bruce got better. And of course, his interaction with Dick and Grant Morrison, Batman and Robin one was great. So always, always liked the character. But then when he decided to kill him off, I thought, oh, just when the character was like really coming to his own, just becoming like one of the great new Batman characters in a long time. And then they kill him off. But now he's back, which is great. I'm glad he's coming back. But then I just think to myself, why do they even bother killing him? Just, just seems like your typical stunt move by a comic book company. I mean, you could say, you could make the argument if you like the stories that happened afterwards with the Batman and Robin stuff and the grieving period that Bruce and the others went into, but mainly Bruce. But 
my personal opinion, I really didn't like pretty much most of that stuff. I said time and time again about how much I hated the issues after the initial death of Damien with Frankenstein and all that. And but I will say the best the best one out of all of it was that a silent issue where it was just all artwork, no dialogue or anything. That issue was great. But stuff that yeah, happened so, afterward. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. I have to cut you off. So does Damien coming back render that meaningless now? A little bit. I have to say a little bit. I mean. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That was a great issue. But with that said, it's kind of like it it takes away from that that issue's specialness. Yeah. That's a word, you know, uniqueness. And maybe it won't if it lasted a little longer, like five, five or ten years if I'm being greedy. <laughs> I didn't yeah. stay dead. It wouldn't. But just got me thinking when this happened, the whole thing of comic book death, it just has to stop, really, because it really is pointless, unless you're going to stick with it for a long time, because think about some of the deaths we had, just in the Batman universe, I mean, we had Jason Todd, of course, we had Stephanie Brown, we had Damien, and then just in comics in general, in the last few years, we had Spider-Man two years ago, Wolverine just got killed uh, two weeks ago, and Captain America died, Superman has been dead, Green Lantern has died, Green Arrow has died, several flashes have died <laughs> and pretty much all of them have come back there's just no more consequences in death and it's becoming that running joke now or comics of just a matter of time before they come back and you know it's true I mean, it's almost becoming not a joke it's just becoming silly more than anything so i mean if this is going to keep doing this just don't do it at all i mean the next comic yeah. death that's supposed to be a big deal i want it to stick for at least five years to have an impact on it because it's just i'm just getting tired of it personally because it's just going to be keep seeming more and more like a gimmick which it has been i think the last few years because it doesn't even last long anymore spider-man was back in a year and i don't remember how long it took for captain america to come back and like even the 90s when superman he didn't take long him to come back either so the, the characters that were dead that came back at least they had an impact because they were dead for a long time like jason todd and some other ones but yeah it's the whole thing i just think it needs to stop am i reacting too much overboard dane or <laughs> do you feel the same way no i mean it's it's perfectly justified and i'll tell you why it's because it, it's it's kind of like what you said why even do it why bring out these big guns and you know j just a year later be like not even a year later just be like oh we're just playing this character's back you know it's, yeah. it's no big deal it's like it's kind of like buying a lamborghini and only driving it to your mailbox and back it's like, <laughs> it's like why even do that i mean if you're gonna buy a lamborghini you drive it around you drive it around your neighborhood or whatever you know so to me it it, it just feels like why go through all of this all this promotion all all of this all of the the storyline, I mean, especially Damon and Robin after Damien died, and the silent issue. It's yeah. like, why do all that? I mean, she yeah, actually sure, turned bad after a while, but why do all that? And then just say, you know what? He's back, and he has superpowers. It's like that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious too, wondering if. Grant Morrison was still doing working on Batman if he would have kept him dead for a long time. But since he's not, and DC's like, oh, Damien's too popular, we're going to bring him back now because we're using him in some of the animated movies. So let's get him back in comics and make the fans happy. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, it's no different than killing off a minor villain is, is what it feels like. It's like, okay, so, so these deaths mean nothing. So Damien's death meant nothing. So 
we're just gonna bring him back. I mean, because they because they brought him back, and it's like that doesn't really. It just feels like a waste of time, like a giant waste of time, yeah. a waste of money. Yeah. Not, not for DC, but for you and me and, you know, Alex and every other Bat fan out there. It just feels like a waste of time more than anything. Yeah, because I've gotten all those Batman Robin issues and those Requiem issues that happened right after his death. And like I said, I wasn't happy with a lot of them. Oh, that Frankenstein issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And more importantly, you know, money aside, the impact of a death, like, let's say they killed off Dick right tomorrow let's say they kill him off completely would it really have that same impact as when they killed off jason todd not really nope it certainly won't that's why i can kind of give him a little credit where whole forever forever evil thing where they thought dick was gonna die and if he died we knew oh it would be a matter of time before he comes back so they didn't kill him even though what they did with him i still don't really like and think it's a dumb idea but at least they didn't kill him when there's something where he's gonna somehow be brought back to life so they did that but yeah i don't know just uh you, you said it all with the cold comic things I mean, we followed it every almost every issue afterwards and I didn't enjoy it, but then once Damien comes back, it's going to make all those kind of pointless again. I mean, I'm curious yeah. to see how the dynamic's going to be, if it's going to be something really different, if Batman's going to be a changed character for what he went through, because maybe that could justify those issues a little bit, or it's just going to go back to the same old, same old right before Damien died. So it's going to be serious how it all wraps up, and the whole thing with Damien looking, looks like he's going to have powers, because he's pretty much doing like a Superman pose on that cover with his bullets flying off his chest, so... That could make for actually a pretty good different dynamic where Batman's son, the Robin's going to have superpowers, but yet Batman is still just a human without those superpowers. So that stuff, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to him coming back, but just the whole thing with deaths and comic book deaths in general just needs to stop, <laughs> please. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, don't even try it if this is what you're going to do. I mean, because you're, you're just cheapening your characters. Yeah. Like, like, like with each of these deaths... And then they come back a month later or whatever. You're just cheapening your characters, and that's the worst thing that you can do. If if you own, you know, if you own a franchise like Batman, I'm it's tr- the cheapest. I mean, it's the worst thing you can do to a franchise. I'm just thinking too. I I think I might be wrong, but almost every major popular superhero has died and come back. I'm trying to think of one who hasn't. Yeah, because Barry Allen died. Yeah. Hal Jordan technically died. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he died. Um, Aquaman died. Aquaman, uh, Wonder Woman, did she die? I believe she died too. Yeah, mm. I think she did. Yeah, Superman, Batman. Uh, yeah, even on the Mars Martian Manhunter. I think he was dead too for a little bit. I think. <laughs> Classic Man. That I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but remember, we're talking about major popular. Characters. Oh, major. Oh, my bad. My bad. So Booster Gold then, right? I think he uh, has the claim to fame of being alive <laughs> throughout his career. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, that woman the... hasn't died. Is she at that level yet, though? I don't know. <laughs> no, not really. She yeah. she's kind of like a separate thing. Yeah, but like like I said, even on the Marvel side, they're big heroes. Spider Man has has been dead. Wolverine now, Captain America, like Professor X has died like five times or something. <laughs> <laughs> like several Fantastic Four members have died and come back. So it's like, yeah. There's no way to defend if anyone like takes offense to the comic book like joke where oh it's a comic book character death you know this is gonna come back you can't really say no they won't they'll stick around this time <laughs> yeah that's another thing too it's like is this a recent problem do you think or do you think this is has been the problem all along 
No, I think it's fairly recent, probably between mm. maybe late 90s, early 2000s, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would, I'd agree with that. I think back in the old days, character State, uh, I mean, <laughs> Gwen Stacy still hasn't come back. Uncle Ben has never come back. But <laughs> <laughs> that would change so much with the Spider-Man so, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> so, so you sure there isn't a story where, like, kind of like the Winter Soldier, where they did experiments on Uncle Ben yeah. <laughs> and, like, he he grows an or he ha, he has like an artificial arm that tears things apart. <laughs> Not really the story that I read. Maybe there's an uh, Elseworlds tale or something. Yeah. <laughs> that story. Or Aunt May. Yeah. Like Aunt May dies. And like they do experiments on her. I think she actually died and came back too. Really? She yeah. came back. It was amazing. Spider-Man. Why? She's an old lady. She's yeah, an old I, lady already. I mean, it was like something where she wasn't really dead, but he thought it was dead. I don't know. I forget, uh, but. It's kind of like, like a Dick Grayson, uh, Grayson comic something thing. Something like that. But yeah. were, I remember the cover art it was a tombstone that said May Parker and Spider-Man was on there. So that was a gimmick thing, too. So so Gwen Stacy hasn't come back? No. Mm. At least not to the main, like, canon universe of the Marvel comics, I believe. Have they killed off uh, Mary Jane? No, I don't believe they ever killed her off. Mm. So I think, like, the characters that can never come back, Thomas and Martha Wayne and Uncle Ben. <laughs> like, it would change so much to the characters that like they have to stay dead. <laughs> so, so what if uh, DC comes up with a story that uh, Thomas Wayne really didn't, or Martha Wayne really didn't die? She, you know, they, someone they, had to. They think saved about her. That. They saved her, but then they they did all kinds of experiments to her. Ah, yeah, just thinking about that just seems so wrong. But yet, I know someone <laughs> has pitched that or had an idea to do something like that. I'm just ripping off Captain America too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's come up in the past. <laughs> I I know it has. So <laughs> that better be some DC stands firm on like no, we're not doing anything like that. <laughs> no way. Yeah. But I did want to ask too, since we're on the topic of comic book character deaths. Out of all, let's just stick with Batman. The Batman characters who have died and will come back. Which one do you think should have stayed dead? Which would have served the story for Batman better off of them being dead? Jason Todd. Yep. I'm I don't think right they should be <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, uh, I'm not saying I mean I'm not trying to be a, a jerk, but I think they should have kept Babs in the wheelchair. They should have kept her paralyzed because I felt like she she was such a stronger character uh, as Oracle than she she was she ever was as Batgirl. Yeah, I'm a little I'm probably more open minded to her coming back as Batgirl, but just because the stories aren't that oh, yeah, great all the time. I mean, never got a maybe I'm biased. But... Yeah, maybe I'm biased because Batgirl was so terrible. But I don't know. To, to me, she should have just stayed in the chair and stayed Oracle because to me, she was just a stronger character. She, she, she was a better character to me. Yeah, I will say but, she was better in that, but I was, I was excited to see her back as Batgirl because I never really read any Batgirl stories with her. And we still haven't had gotten an explanation on that unless we unless there was and since we stopped reading a while ago <laughs> we don't know. oh yeah you're right yeah and i forgot to mention this on the last podcast when our comic reviews about the new background comic i always said i was gonna check it out but when i saw it at the comic shop something to it i was like i don't know if this is gonna be for me <laughs> it just sent really like the tones that really lighthearted more toward younger readers more like yeah. the teen the teenage group like like teenage girls to me because the art style was like really reflected like real cartoony i don't know just something about it where it's like i'm not maybe it's good but i just don't know if it's 
that story is what I'm looking for in a Batgirl title right now. So I still didn't really pick it up. Just didn't grab. Yeah, I like that. I like that where, where it's not so, you know, serious and dark. You know, it kind of like the the Brian Q. Miller Batgirl, the Stephanie Brown Batgirl. It had its serious moments, but it had its lighter moments to kind of balance it out. You know, Stephanie didn't take herself so seriously like yeah. uh, Babs did it when uh, Gail Simone was writing her. Yeah, it um, definitely didn't look like that when I was flipping through it. Yeah, just the artwork sounds a little too mm. friendly, I guess. <laughs> so we're kid- I don't want to say kid-friendly, but I don't know. This is this sounded really like they were really trying hard to get that younger audience for it. But anyway, <laughs> but I agree with you about Jason Todd. I think... This, we had some good stories with him as Red Hood, like Under the Red Hood, which is great. But I just like the idea of Batman always having that one failure that lingers with him throughout the rest of his life. Of the Robin, he couldn't save like, the Robin that died. Yeah. This something if that stood out throughout his whole career, I think somewhat would have served the story better. Except having him come back and Jason Todd sometimes presents him, but yet he works with him and has that off and on again, like father and son relationship, where they like each other or they hate each other. So. I mean, like I said, there are some good stories, but I think in the end, it just would have been better if he stayed dead. It would have served Batman's character, I think, better in the long run if he was dead. Yeah, and look at uh, A Lonely Place of Dying. I don't know if you ever read that, but he was really, really haunted by Jason Todd's death. Mm. Like, really, really, really haunted by it. And, you know, it, it took Tim to bring him out of that depression. So... Yeah, Joker would always it, have that against him too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He would always, he, he he could use it like I use Tom Gordon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the Yankees' greatest bullpen failure in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I'm with you, Tim. I'm so sick of these deaths um, that that are meaningless. That don't really account for anything. Um, and it, it makes me almost like, let's say they, they quote-unquote kill off Babs tomorrow, right? Mm. Let's say they kill her off. It, it almost makes me not want to read what happens next because – or not even buy it because they're going to bring her back in a year, yeah. less than a year. So it's, it's no big deal. So And you'll be able to find out about it somewhere yeah. somehow. On a yeah, I mean – <laughs> or even Twitter. Like, yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, Babs is back. She's finally back or whatever. And, you know, it'll mean nothing. So. Uh, so, yeah, we got to start the campaign now. The death of comic book deaths. <laughs> yeah, just stop. Please just stop. Yeah, I but... mean, yeah, f- focus on your main stories, you know, get your characters nice and good before you even have the remote idea like a seed of an idea for a comic book death. Yes. <laughs> Just don't rely on that as a way to sell a, or tell a new breaking story. Like a yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of crappy that DC thinks that, you know, they can more, they can make more money by killing off a character. Yeah. And, and leading fans on like this, you know, it's, it's kind of, kind of a crappy, it's dirty. <laughs> and worst of all, they spoil it in the solicitations too. <laughs> I know. It's, why do they do that? I know. Just have a blank and just have. They could. They did. That. I remember that they did that for the Blackest Night series when it was going on. They didn't want to spoil certain things about it, so they have the cover blank or like black that says Top Secret, and they would have like a very vague description on it. How hard is it to do that? 
But then I know they want all the publicity for it. Like they want these news outlets to report, oh, Robin's coming back or Robin's dying. When Damien died, everyone was covering that. So it's just like, yeah, you can get it. Why they want the exposure and that's why they do it. But at the same time, I think it's more important for readers and your diehard, diehard fans to experience it firsthand when they're reading the comic books. And so they're going to have that surprise experience, which is rare right. to do now in this day and age. And I guess that's how you sell sell comics, right? Yeah. So, in a sense, you can't really blame DC for doing that, but yeah. you know, j- just using a character's death and revival, eventual revival, two months later, um, is kind of dirty on their part. But whatever. I guess if it sells a book. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you know it did. But like I said too, glad that Damien's coming back. And there, I know someone who's definitely happy. <laughs> we got a Facebook post from our fellow Bat fan, Rob, who seems very ecstatic. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> he, he's kind of like that N64 kid. Did you ever see that video? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <Christmas Day>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of like that kid when yeah. he heard the news. He's all, Batman and Robin's announcing I thought was great. It's the perfect way to wrap up this two-year storyline. Damien's return, however it will actually play out, I think is the way to go. We don't need another new Robin. Having a fifth new Robin would kind of start to kill the magic of the character. There has always been something great about Damien being Robin. You know that one day this will be Damien's war. Having a father and a son is perfect. And how cool it'd be to have Damien be the one to have some sort of superpowers. Probably the one who shouldn't have them with his anger and all. I think that will lead to some great stories to see how Bruce will deal with it. And he concludes by saying, have a great show, which so far I think we have been, Dane, having a good show. (laughs) No, we haven't. It's all been a train wreck. (laughs) No, no, but... I I was going to say, I I agree with what Rob said about having a new character be Robin. It kind of, like you said, would have gotten a little stale and the character would lose some of his magic. I agree with that. And kind of the surprise they didn't, because remember they had the tease of Carrie Kelly being in the Batman and Robin not too long outdoors. So I thought that was a potential way they could go with it, but... She hasn't been in any issues for a long time, so <laughs> it's like that one and nothing. Yeah. And one done. <laughs> yeah, giving Damien acting lessons. <laughs> so. Yeah. Is, so it, I, is that what that was? I thought it was like language or something. I'm pretty sure it was acting. Because <laughs> yeah, because talking about theater and having to watch these movies, I'm pretty sure it was acting, unless I'm remembering it wrong. But <laughs> I guess yeah, it doesn't mean anything now. So exactly. Hey, there you go. She was wondering where Damien was, and Bruce couldn't tell her that uh, he died so now we can just make let damien came back and here he is yeah. Terry. <laughs> so that'll damien got lost for yeah. a little <laughs> so i at least hope they have her have carrie kelly included when damien makes his grand return with that <laughs> to wrap that up yeah. i'm not gonna do anything with her you know it'd be really crappy if dc brought damien back which you're doing and they kill him off a year from now oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> to, to recapture that dollar but... they'll just bring back one of the clones to be the damien <laughs> that's another thing this damien better not be a clone i'll say that right now <laughs> <laughs> he's a clone tim he's a clone here's another thing according to the future's end issue that came out a few months ago that i, re- that I reviewed that was five years later there was a totally new robin so that's another thing I don't like, getting and I look ahead into the future when you know things won't matter. So Damien's not going to be Robin that long anyway <laughs> in the five years leading up to that issue. So <sighs> Yeah, it, it, it should have been Harper. It should have been Harper. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, that's a, you can make that argument too. But I think she's yeah. going to be good as Bluebird. So. Yeah, but we're never going to see her again. So um, 
Yeah, it should have been Harper. <laughs> we'll start. Well, we have the campaign, the death of comic book fans, and it should have been Harper. <laughs> okay, so I guess my rant's over. <laughs> Until someone else dies in the Batman comic world, then I can complain about it all over again. But we do have some good news. Finally, finally is the word that came to mind when I got this announcement. <laughs> Warner Brothers has officially announced their movie lineup for all DC comic book movies and all the way up to 2020, which is pretty ambitious considering how ever since we started this podcast, it seems like DC is afraid of their franchises. They don't know what to do with it. They have no confidence. And then boom, they announced <laughs> over, let's see how many got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies after Batman versus Superman. So yeah, it's kind of a big 180 shift for them, but I thought this was great news and just overall real happy with the choices they have. I mean, I'll just go over them right now. I got 2016, Batman v Superman, Donner Justice, of course. Then also it was going to be Suicide Squad. Then in 2017, we got Wonder Woman and Justice League Part 1. In 2018, we got The Flash and Aquaman. 2019, we got Shazam and Justice League Part 2. And then in 2020, we got Cyborg and Wait for It, Dane. Can you believe it? Not the <laughs> <Atlanta> movie. <laughs> Yay, they're going to try again. Yeah. You can imagine my brother was happy. Oh, man. He, he must have been like a kid on, like, a sugar high. Yeah. <laughs> He's happy now, but then he still has the worry that it just better be Hal Jordan, he says. Yeah. <laughs> or hopefully he's not one of those guys where it's, the, it's like, he's not going to be as good as Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> like, one of those... Like, like, uh, what's his name? Andy from, uh, from the Flash podcast. I heard he wasn't too happy about the casting of that guy as the Flash. Oh, he wasn't. Yeah, he was pretty yeah. upset about that. So, but, but then again, like, how can you criticize something that is going to come out in three years, four years from now? <laughs> yeah, you so know, how can you a... really be mad yet? I mean, you haven't really seen anything at all. So, yeah, well, I could. Ex- the initial reaction, you know, was going to have some. Oh, the continuity thing. The, yeah. the TV show. Yeah. So I, I was always the one who wanted to have the TV universe connect with the movie universe, but I didn't expect it to happen. But because, you know, the whole thing about being uh, getting confused with having the same characters appear in both TV shows, which I was actually surprised that Flash was in here as a movie. I thought, oh, cool. They're they're shying away from that philosophy which i thought was ridiculous but um oh, actually i gotta mention this you know uh been showing my dad arrow he's, he's been loving the series actually as have i yes <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually going to prove that warner brothers and dc might have a point about not having the same characters appear in tv and movies <laughs> because as he's watching season two with the whole thing of rachel ghoul coming up no no damn Dang it, Tim. You knew Rachel. I, no, he's not oh. in it. You know him that mentioned in the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they mentioned him. <laughs> yeah. And so we were all telling him, like, oh, you know, he's, who Liam Neeson played in Batman Begins. He's all... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And by the way, I, I don't mean to cut you off of cutting you off, cutting yourself off, but <laughs> I was hoping that that one assassin uh, woman, girl, mm-hmm. was going to be Talia. Yeah. That's what it I... was, uh, what's her name? Nisa. Nisa, yeah, right. Yeah. So so, do we ever see a shadow again? Just in people, just in Slade's head. Oh, <laughs> oh, Slade goes even crazier than he has right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, back to my story. So wait, wait, one more question. <laughs> Does it explain this season how, or uh, season two, how Slade got off the island? Yes, he he tells. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, and it's pretty simple. <laughs> in season two. Does it show how Slade got shot in the, the eye with the arrow? Yes, you will okay. see that happen. <laughs> okay, good. All right, you, you can continue, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So well, we told them that, yeah, Rachel Gould's the same character Liam Neeson played in Batman Begins. But then, like, during one episode, we're talking about how cool it is after mentioning his name, and he goes, but how can Rachel Gould be in this episode when he died in Batman Begins? I'm like, no, or like me and my other brother are telling, no, it's two separate universes. This doesn't have nothing to do with Batman Begins, but yeah, it's the same character. How could he be <laughs> like, he couldn't get it in his head where it's like, no, you got to separate the two. They're not the same. <laughs> he just had a hard time coming to terms with it because all he's familiar with is Liam Neeson's portrayal as Michelle Ghoul because he's not too familiar with the character or anything else. So that's all he has to go by. So <laughs> it's kind of hard for them to let that go. It was like, no, he's got to view it as. Like Jack Nicholson's Joker has nothing to do with Heath Ledger's Joker. Those are totally separate. So he's like, okay, okay, I, I'll try to get through it as I'm watching the episode. But it's like that little nagging thing. And I'm like, how can Rachel Gould be here if he died in Batman Begins? I was like, um, I guess Warner Brothers and DC had a point. <laughs> and the, the no crossover, the TVs and movies thing, because I saw it firsthand. <laughs> My dad was actually confused by it. But I'm glad. Oh, really? He, he he was really confused. He just had he, a hard he was time. Like, yeah. So, so Ra- Gould died in Batman Begins, but yet he's alive in this show. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but you know, um, speaking of like shows and stuff, like I was watching Gotham, mm-hmm. and the show was great, by the way. And uh, so. That takes place in the current day, right? Because they have like cell phones and new cars and stuff. Yeah, it's one of those things where they're supposed to go in that like timeless time period, kind of like Batman the Animated Series, where you see some modern stuff, but then you see some old time stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't help if they have cell phones and stuff. Yeah, because then you go to the like two episodes ago, recording a bullet in that office. They were working on typewriters, not computer. <laughs> and then the police office, you look, look at their computer monitors, they're really fat monitors that yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, see nowadays. Yeah, but then you, you go to uh, Gordon's apartment, and it's like like today, like a, a nice apartment today. Yeah, they're trying to do both, <laughs> really. Uh, to me, but, that's confusing. Uh, I'm like, what the, what the heck, Tim? What's going on? Here? I just go Can with Can you it. explain this to me? <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta go with it. Yeah, but I, I, I will say I felt like an idiot. Did you see this last week's episode, Viper? Not yet, not yet. Okay, I won't say anything. But I missed something that was pretty obvious until they said it. I'm like, how can I miss that? Like, what kind of Batman fan am I? <laughs> <laughs> see if you get it right away when you watch it. <laughs> so, so is it something that I can notice? Yeah, I mean... yeah, you'll definitely notice. Okay. It, yeah. <laughs> you'll probably notice it quicker than I do. <laughs> I just, oh my goodness. <laughs> Anyway, back to that list. Any yeah. movie on there that surprised you, that jumps out at you? Because I was actually surprised that looks like they're just doing characters that you'll see in the Justice League. They're all going to get their own movies, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, the one that surprised me the most was something we had, had something that had already been rumored, and that's Shazam. Uh, I, I didn't expect them to make a Shazam movie. I didn't know he was that well 
known for, for them to invest money in this. And <laughs> I was like, wow, I guess they're going, I mean, I guess they're serious about establishing a DC movie universe. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah. And the other one was uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad, I've seen a lot of people saying that's they're really excited for. I know Corbin sent us a tweet saying that. He said Suicide Squad is his most anticipated, but he also thinks Cyborg is going to be one that surprises everybody. Yeah, now, for me, it's the Wonder Woman movie. I really, really yeah. want to see that. I want to see what they do with her. And oh, I'm just so excited. I will say, her. I mean, you can say Justice League might have the most, or even Batman vs. Superman might have the most pressure to get it <laughs> right because it's going to establish the whole DC universe. But for me, I think Wonder Woman. Has, I, I will say some pressure because there's a Wonder Woman movie has been it it needed to happen a long time ago. <laughs> this movie is a long time coming, and it, right. they're finally in their act together to do it. And so, like, she's the most popular female superhero, and just one of the most popular female or popular superheroes in general. I mean, she was created. She not, is the the most popular Tim. No, like, I mean, can you think of any other female superhero? No, she's that's definitely the most popular female superhero. Yeah. But I was gonna say she's just one of the most popular heroes in general. I mean, just yeah. being around so long, not too long after Batman and Superman, so she, I think they really have to get a Wonder Woman movie right. <laughs> of course, yeah. all of these, but I think that one just has <laughs> the most pressure because everyone has been waiting for it for so long. <laughs> yeah, and if they if it stumbles a little bit, there's gonna be protests on like random forums, like this Gamergate thing about <laughs> being misogynistic or whatever, yeah, <laughs> whatever they're mad about. Like that, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you bring up a good point. They're going to have to nail that one woman movie. And I, I'm sure they will. I mean, I haven't really seen Gal Gadot in any, anything. but Yeah, well, just judging up that one picture we got of her in Costa. <laughs> yeah, she looks, looks like good, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks I, good. In it. I really hope they go the more Greek mythology route and just don't be afraid to explore that aspect of her character. And just because, like I said, before yeah. Brian as a Wonder Woman run right now has been awesome. I'm actually going to be sad to see it end. I think next month, but if they just do a lot with the Greek mythology stuff and the gods and all that. I think that should be really cool. Yeah, don't don't make it stupid. Don't don't stupefy it. You know, just just really invest yeah. in her backstory. I don't want to see the whole like fish out of water type thing where she's just trying to establish herself living in man's world and in the city. Because hopefully that's all taken care of when we see her in Batman versus Superman. Because we're all expecting that she's been in Metropolis or Gotham or on in the U.S. for a while, but she's kept her identity as Wonder Woman a secret, and she'll reveal herself in that movie. So hopefully that'll be all taken care yeah. of then. Yeah, and or don't even touch that part. Yeah, know, where, where she's, you know, she goes into the big city and she's like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like this before, because that makes the character kind of stupid. Exactly. And you really want to stay away from that. And we've seen that before tons of times. So <laughs> got to yeah. do something different. So, yeah, Wonder Woman I'm real excited about. And then I'm going to go with uh, – it's easy to say Justice League, but I'm going to go with The Flash <laughs> because Flash, the TV show I'm loving, I think it's been really good. But when they announced the first TV show, I was like, uh, that means we're not going to get a Flash movie, which that character deserves to be seen on the big screen too. So I'm excited that, like I said, they're not shying away from having two characters the same character being a movie and TV show and everyone's kind of thinking it's going to be Barry Allen, Barry Allen in the movie too. But at the same time, if they wanted to, they can use a different flash. He's one of those characters where several characters have been the flash. So if they wanted to do what about that first guy, Jake Eric. <laughs> yeah. 
Or, yeah, with the uh, that hat on. That yeah. Hat. <laughs> Whatever. So I'm just excited to see a, a Flash movie happening and going along with the TV show. So hopefully this the guy Ezra Miller has been cast in it. I'll say right now he doesn't look anything like Flash, <laughs> but <laughs> everyone says he's a real good actor. So that's the most important part. So. What has he been? I mean, uh, what's he? What has he been in? I've yeah, never seen him in anything, but. Yeah. There's a movie, I think it's a movie, it's, uh, I think it's What Is It Like to Be a Wallflower, I think it's called. The, I don't know if you heard of that. Uh, there's a title, Wallflowers, and I'm not sure if I got the rest well, of it. I'm, right. I, I'm just going to look him up real fast. Because <laughs> I haven't He looks haven't real young, too. Anything. Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, I guess if he shaves off that beard, it is. Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> So, so what's the big complaint that he just doesn't look doesn't like look Barry good. Allen? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he was on this movie called Busted Walk. I don't know what that is. Or short film. He's in a movie called After School. He was on Californication. He was on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Royal Pains. City Island. Every Day. Beware of the Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> Another Happy Day. We Need to Talk About Kevin. The, per- the perks of being a wallflower. There you go. <laughs> uh, Madame Bovary, Trainwreck, and the Stanford Prison Experiment. <laughs> so, like, I haven't seen him in anything. So, I guess, like, the perks of being a wallflower is, like, the biggest thing he's been in. I guess, yeah. That's the only one that rang about when I saw in this list of movies that he's been in. Yeah. But he doesn't scream flash to you when you see his picture, does it? <laughs> Not really. I mean, he, he kind of. <laughs> I'll just I'll just show my mom. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't look like Flash. But we also got confirmation though that the other worst kept secret well, I mean, casting it, wait, that Jason Momoa was now Aquaman officially. <laughs> one more thing on this uh, Ezra Miller guy. Oh. <laughs> Every picture I I see of him, he has long hair, so it's really hard to. Yeah, that's why, like, who knows what he's going to look like when they actually start filming. He'll have a haircut. Maybe he'll dye his hair blonde to look like Barry Allen and shave yeah. that beard that he had in the image you're looking at. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean, yeah, I don't like, want to really say anything because the movie is, like, four years away, but... Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I learned my lesson with Heath Ledger. Don't hmm. knock an acting performance until you see it yourself. Seems like he's a... He's a uh, well-respected actor, even though he's yeah he's been in a lot of stuff. That's what I hear from people who talk about talk about him when they uh, seen his other movies. And he's a real good actor. So. Yeah, because he's been nominated and won like a bunch of stuff. I mean, this MTV crap doesn't really say anything, but yeah, it seems like he's won a lot of awards for his work. So I guess he's good. Yeah, that's the important thing: good actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get a good actor. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I'm totally happy with this list. I mean, I, we're living in such a great time for movies right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> Star and Wars. And Jason Boboy as uh, Aquaman. Yeah, like I said, the worst kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You can talk about it now. But like I said, I got Star Wars movies to go on for who knows long. The Marvel movies. And now DC did join in with that. It's like, I mean, the stuff that I'm into, it doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> We're going to have something to look forward to every year, so... DC, all I could say is about freaking time, but job well done. <laughs> now just make these movies work <laughs> so they're successful. I'm glad that they announced it. 
you know, it, it, it wasn't just like a elite. Yeah. I've heard some complaints, though, about I can kind of see where it was kind of a lackluster announcement where it was just on an investor's call. <laughs> not like at Comic-Con or something, which would have been a real big like uh, event to go to. But at the end, all that matters is that we got the announcement and that <laughs> these movies are coming. Yeah, you see, what people don't get is uh, Warner Brothers slash DC is too cool for that that stuff. <laughs> because I'm, they're just, I mean, wasn't it like a shareholders meeting or something? Yeah, it was an investor call. Yeah, an investor call. And they're just like, oh, yeah, and we got this uh, this list, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, yeah. <laughs> Flash, Aquaman, Shazam. Yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> But yeah, they changed the attitude because it's better yeah. when it's announced at conventions. Just... But if you think about it, uh, Disney did the same thing with uh, Star Wars. Yeah, well, that had to happen because it was... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else you could do that at a convention or something. But... <laughs> Almost actually a year or two years since we got that Star Wars announcement. We got our Warner Bros. Oh, yeah, right. Announcement. <laughs> who knows so what we know we'll next gonna... October. Yeah, so we know who's going to be in it, who's going to direct it, and... Who's going to do episode eight? Yes. That's another thing, too, in the DC stuff. Zack Snyder is confirmed to do Justice, both Justice League movies, which is cool. So I guess that's going to be his. Anything with Batman and Superman is going to be his babies. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't say it in that release, but they in that list, but they did say in the press release that there are other standalone Superman and Batman movies in development to be out by 2022. So not the year 2022, but before 2020 as well, <laughs> I should have said. <laughs> Oh, so it's going to be six years before we get to see that Green Lantern movie. <laughs> so your brother has to wait six years. So so you thought waiting till 2016 was a long time, too. <laughs> <He'll be laughs> your brother seen. has to wait till 26, 2020. Six years he has to wait. He'll be seeing a lot more of the Ryan Reynolds movie before. <laughs> 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 Which he won't mind because he likes it, too. So. And oh, Green Lantern, the animated series. So keep yeah. Going. Oh, yeah, that's that's true but you forgot the biggest 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 announcement of this whole announcement what could that be the lego batman movie is uh confirmed to release in 2017 it's the most anticipated movie of the next three years there's the standalone batman movie that's going to be in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah see so that's the one that's that's the standalone batman movie that they were talking about yeah (laughs) Before 2020, our hopes up, but this is only gonna be in Lego form, which is probably not a bad thing because I still have to see the Lego movie. Everyone says it's awesome. Yeah, it is good. It's really uh, I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, if if you like that sort of Pixar where they're serious, yeah, then you'll then you'll like uh, the Lego movie. That's what I hear, especially when it has Star Wars and Batman and Ninja Turtle stuff, and I gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Batman versus Superman, we do have a new casting announcement for it. Where before it was rumored, but then it got confirmed the Hollywood in the Hollywood Reporter, where it says that um, actress Jenna Malone is in the movie now. It doesn't say who she's playing, but there's been a lot of speculation that maybe they're going to go the Carrie Kelly Carrie Kelly route <laughs> for Batman vs <laughs> Superman. Because we know and why is older. that, Tim? We know Batman's old in this movie. We know the Dark Knight Returns is going to have an influence on this. So it would make mm-hmm. sense. And I have to say, I would be okay with it. I know there's been debates going on about it. If, if they're actually going to use Carrie Kelly, and maybe they should have used Tim Drake or Damien or another Robin. But I think it could work because we get the sheets in it. They're going to establish, I think, that there's been previous Robins. And Batman's going to have all that history um, 
that we're going to, I don't know if we'll get all of it, but we're going to get exposed to some of his history and the stuff that he's been through throughout, not maybe not this movie, but maybe the course of the DC movie universe. We'll find out more about him. So to me, I think it's work. It's going to work fine. Maybe we'll get a cameo by Dick Grayson or another Robin somewhere else. But if they do this with Carrie Kelly and Batman is older and he's had this experience of being a crime fighter and he's had other partners, I think it's fine. I think it could work pretty well. Actually it'd be something different. Definitely. So in my opinion, I think it'll work if they do decide to use it. It's not confirmed yet, but I'll be okay with it. How about you, though? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'd be okay with it. And a female Robin. And she doesn't have to try that hard because the last Robin we got live action. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no high standard that she's going to have to live up to. For yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Burt Ward. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's your thing but but it's yet another actor actress that i've never heard of before oh, yeah so so i'm looking her up right now and oh she was in sucker punch i saw sucker punch i've never seen that oh. it makes sense why Zack snyder's gonna use her though <laughs> yeah she will be in the next two three hunger games movies still haven't seen uh, any of those either i know they're really yeah popular. well i i I tried to watch the the first one, and it, it's it's kind of like they expect you to know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the story is like immediately rolling. Like it's kind of like Star Wars, where you just jump in mm. in the middle of not like in the middle of the story. Do they have an opening crawl though? <laughs> no, they yeah they yeah they have an opening crawl, but yeah she she's been in nothing I'm seeing. Uh, cheaters, no. For love of the game, is it is that all, is that the Kevin Costner yeah. mm-hmm. baseball one? Yeah. Oh, the one where he's pitching a no hitter. I don't know which one it is. But I know it's a baseball movie with Kevin Costner. Yeah. Uh, the Ballad of Jack and Rose. Nope. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. Nope. Container. Container. <laughs> 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 Lying. Four last songs. Uh, the messenger. The Ruins, The Soloist, Keep Rachel, <laughs> Five Star Day, I Think Bad Thoughts, David Goldberg, <laughs> For Ellen, Inner Nature, Teenage, Wait, Tencent Pistol, Pistol, Inherent Vice, Angelica, and then finally, oh, <laughs> our Wikipedia page, the the uh, the last entry, which is what she's filming right now is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and her role is Robin. <laughs> Just is Robin on it. <laughs> of course. Well, we know it's confirmed now if Wikipedia has it. Yeah, if Wikipedia has it, it must be true, right? <laughs> Wait, let's see what her IMDb says. You're just determined to find something that uh, you've seen her in. <laughs> well, it says rumored on her page. So let's, let's check out the actual page of it. Let's see. Uh, I'm nuts. Oh, that's right. Holly Hunter's in this movie. And uh, all those people. Remember <laughs> when that was announced? Yeah. Still don't know who she's playing either. It says U.S. Senator. <laughs> well, that's still not a name. <laughs> yeah. And Tao Okamoto is playing Mercy Grace. I've heard that rumor. That yeah. Play Mercy. And Harley Wallen is play, playing Fighter Trainer. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, it doesn't say anything. It just says rumored. You see, you see, at least, uh, at least IMDb has like some kind of, you know. No, they usually post anything too. I'm surprised they're just sticking with rumor. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they're not too reliable either. <laughs> That's why when it's from the Hollywood Reporter, I tended to believe it more <laughs> when it's over letting stuff like IMDb. I remember oh, when they... your one animated movie got announced, that had Kevin Conroy on there. It's like, ooh, cool. But then, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't him. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine Malone playing anyone but Robin at this point. Oh. You just look at comments now. <laughs> no, no, this is part of the post. Oh. <laughs> like, okay, I guess, but I mean, it makes sense. What if she's like the Juno Temple character, and she she's only she only has like one line? Yeah, in that's it. the thing. I don't think it's gonna be. We'll see if she's even Robin. I just think she's gonna be Carrie Kelly. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we'll... yeah, but they they did the same thing with uh, Juno Temple. Like they announced her, you know, Juno Temple is gonna be in this movie. And then she had one line in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> She's only seen twice. Yeah, I mean, if they are planning solo Batman movies, this could just be a way to introduce her, and she'll become Robin in one of those. So I don't think she's going to have that big of a role in this anyway. They're just going to introduce the character like they're doing with a bunch of other ones, like Cyborg and I think Aquaman, and <laughs> they're supposed to be yeah. this as cameos. So that's, I can't see her having that much more screen time than any of those. But should be cool nonetheless, though, if she is going to play Carrie Kelly. And so <laughs> it will say it does kind of stink that Carrie Kelly has bought the live action over Tim Drake, who's been Robin for so long. <laughs> hasn't barely even made an animated series appearance with the new Batman Adventures. But any other Robin's always uh, Dick Grayson. <laughs> you just like Tim Drake because he has the name Tim. Well, it's hard not to. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but another casting announcement was made, which was something I've been waiting for. Leslie Tompkins in Gotham it has been cast, and I'm probably going to butcher the name. It's Marina Baccarin. I don't know if I said her last name right. but Baccarin? 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 I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but remember when I said last episode where I was a little, had a little concern of how they might use her in Gotham? And it looks like that might be the case after all. <laughs> Where, which is a good thing which is a good thing uh, i was worried that she's going to be someone who's mainly involved with gordon and not with bruce i mean maybe they will but at least in this description where they announced the casting <laughs> says, says gonna... can you ever be happy tim <laughs> yes i'm happy but she played let... talia in son of batman if this is the first live action of performers we're going to get of leslie Tompkins, who i think is an important character in Batman's growing up. So she has to be done right. But it looks like with this, he's going to be more involved with Gordon. Because in the, what I'm reading for, what I think they announced with that TV line, it says, in addition to her medical skills, her coolness under pressure will serve her well as she finds herself drawn to Ben McKenzie's James Gordon and into more and more dangerous waters. So is it going to be like she's drawn to him in a romantic way? And this is going to cause that affair that I was worried about where <laughs> she's going to be the thorn in gordon and barbara's relationship which i didn't want to see so uh, the, the concern i had going into her announcement and then it actually happened so i'm not as excited as i was originally but again i'm still going to wait to see how it all plays out i'm just glad they're using the character and they're definitely going for a more younger version of leslie Tompkins. and i think the actress she looks the part is like <laughs> leslie Tompkins in her younger days and in the new 52 she's young so 
it's going to be different, but at the same time, she's still going to be someone who was a friend of Thomas and Martha Wayne, and she's in the medical field. So they got that right. I'm just really hoping for, more than anything, her relationship <laughs> is with Bruce Moore. That's her, she has more interaction with Bruce. She's there with him more instead of more with Gordon and kind of developing a romantic thing. So that's <laughs> what I'm hoping for. We'll see if it happens, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> My excitement is lessened just a little bit, but we'll see how it all goes down once we see her episodes. All right. So she played uh, uh, Black Canary in Justice League. And she That's played a, which one? Cheetah. Uh, oh, played Cheetah. No, she, she played uh, Black Canary on Justice League 2005 to 2006. Oh, okay. For three episodes. And she played Cheetah in The Brave and the Bold. Okay. That's I didn't know she has that. DC roots already. Yeah, but besides that, I've never really heard of her. Yeah, me neither. She's in a movie called Perfume, <laughs> way off Broadway, Roger Dodger. Oh, she's in Serenity. I saw that. Saw that too, but I don't remember her. <laughs> and by the way, I, I don't know why people are so invested in Firefly and Serenity. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was good sci-fi. I haven't seen all the episodes. I've seen a few, but it didn't really grab me either. I mean, I know it has a okay. diehard fan base, but it wasn't somewhere that, oh, this is the next great, great thing. So, okay, like, good. I just, Thank God I'm not the only one. Watch more Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I'm not the only one because, I mean, it seems like everybody's into Serenity and Firefly. It's yeah. like, oh my God, it's so great. Yeah, I, I think we're in the minority in the, like, geek fandom who's <laughs> not too excited or feel about Firefly. So. Oh, Tim, now, I, I know you've seen this movie called <laughs> Death in Love. Oh, oh, what are you talking about? I got five versions of this on Blu-ray. <laughs> of so, so then, you know, it's about a love affair between a Jewish woman and a doctor overseeing human experimentation at a Nazi con- German concentration camp. Well, she's a doctor? Let's see, what was she? Uh, in 1940s Nazi Germany, a young Jewish woman... In, oh, no, she was a Jewish woman. Oh, okay. So I was going to say she would have had doctor experience already. <laughs> she had a doctor. <laughs> doctor acting experience. <laughs> she could play a doctor. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Am I, are you as nervous about her portrayal as I am now? <laughs> or are you just excited? No, not really. I mean, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with it. I mean... It's kind of like what you said, just as long as she's not the the, the only re- reason why she's in the show is to break up uh, 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 Gordon's engagement. Yeah, which I just have a feeling it's going to lead to that somewhere down the line. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I don't mind if that it leads to that. I'm just worried that th- that's her only reason for being in the show. Yeah, like I said, she has to have some interaction with Bruce. She just has to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, it's kind of like uh, Sarah Lance from Arrow. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect her to come back. I thought she was just gone. Yeah, that was a big twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, that's we had a lot of uh, movie TV slash big news that happened, <laughs> at least to yeah, me anyway. So. <laughs> so yeah, still excited about Leslie Tompkins, but i'm on the cautious side too where i'll be watching it closely to see how they do her portrayal every you can never be happy. It. what you can never be happy tim i just said i was happy about the dc movie lineup so 
I'm happy about some things. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, but <sighs> never mind. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all our new stuff for this episode. So we can go ahead and move on to a conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. All right. So Alex emailed us today, Friday, the 22nd, 22nd, 24th, 24th, my bad, of uh, October in the year 2014, just in case you're wondering what day it is. Um, and he says, hello, Bat fans. Great episode, guys. You got me excited to watch Gotham, and I am now all caught up. I was worried about the first episode because I thought the script was pretty poor, and I loathe the abundance of villain references they threw at us. They've toned that down since, thankfully. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, almost all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't boring, though, like the CW shows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go again. Arrow bashing, huh? (laughs) Arrow is a good show, Alex. You should definitely watch it. I mean, it takes a while to get good. I mean, there's a lot of, we can't be together because this, this, and this, because you took Sarah on that boat and she died. Um, there, there's a lot of that, but when it gets good, it gets really good. <laughs> yeah. Like especially the second season. Yes. And suicide squad, man, that was so cool. I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> <laughs> plus Harley Quinn's little cameo. Yeah. yeah plus, <laughs> plus Harley Quinn. Um, uh, but anyway, he says, but I just found it worrisome. However, by the third episode, I was hooked. I love the show now. I think all the characters are fantastic, and I'm captivated by each plotline. I thought if a TV series was going to develop Bruce from a child, it would be really hokey. Boy, was I wrong. What is with DC and the Penguin lately? He's just been awesome. That character is easily the best in the show, and I love everyone. Heck, they actually managed to make a guy called the Balloon Man cool. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, he says, I haven't been following the comic news other than what you guys have said, but I thought you implied that the Joker was going to be in the new arc. As soon as the Batman number 30, as the Batman number 35 started, I thought it was going to be the Joker controlling the league. I'm curious how he'd have access to the league members, especially Aquaman. Poor Aquaman. What a way to be taken out. In any case, <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. He has some questions, too. Uh, his, his first question is, are there current events that make you think of Batman stories or maybe inspire you to handle a situation in a certain way? With this Ebola pandemic, one of the first things that came to mind was Batman Contagion. Well, that's the only thing, right? <laughs> it's like the only time a deadly disease has been loose, right? Actually, in the last Detective Comics issue I reviewed on the last episode, with there was a plane that crashed at the airport, and all everyone on board was dead, and they didn't want whatever killed them to get out, so they had to quarantine the whole airport. Uh, that kind of reminded me what, <laughs> about what was going on with all the Ebola stuff happening. Of course, that was on a more extreme level, but yeah, just about not letting a virus get out and containing it. it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Do you wash your hands, Tim? Oh, I wash my hands like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> With Clorox, right? Yeah. <laughs> I touch something that's a little dirty. I have to wash it. <laughs> but he goes on to say, um, of course, the first thing I thought of was the poor people who are suffering because of this and protecting our country. But thinking of stories with Batman encountering something similar relieves me of my fear. So, Tim, 
Are there any current events that make you think of Batman stories or maybe inspire you to handle the situation in a certain way? Not really. Like I said, the only one that came to mind was that Detective Comics issue, but... Mm, not really. I mean, I personally, this might just be me, I kind of I like to separate the two. <laughs> current like stuff that's really going on and then stuff that I use for entertainment. Sometimes you can't help but think of it, but... I don't like incorporating the real world too much. It's <laughs> when I try to get an entertainment because it's like that's what you kind of go for entertainment for to get away from the horrible stuff that's going on in the world. So sometimes I try not to make too many parallels with it. But yeah, sometimes I mean you could tell they're just basing something off a current event when it's blatantly out there. But yeah, I really don't do it too often. I <laughs> try not to, but that's probably just me. So I don't know how many others feel that way, but that's how I like to do it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I can't really think of anything besides what you said with the Ebola and um, Batman Contagion. Because, I mean, you got the whole terrorist thing with that ISIS group going on right now. And the easy one to think is what that that Frank Miller one he wanted to do. What was that? Holy Batman? Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. But you don't get Batman doesn't deal too much with those type of, like, like, terrorist groups. I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, I try not to incorporate that into the entertainment world because what they're doing is just awful. And seeing those yeah. news reports about it, it's like you makes you think, oh, I wish there really was a Batman or a Superman to go down there and take care of them. But it's, yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, and it's kind of funny too. Like I, I try to keep them separate. I mean, like entertainment and real world news because like. <laughs> you just get so depressed after yeah, a while. Yeah, that's what like, I don't want when I'm reading comics. Like today, I was going through my uh, my Twitter feed. I was like, oh, it's just cool. Like, apparently, uh, what's his name? <laughs> um, Kyle Higgins is at an expo in New Zealand or something. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then that school shooting happened, and it's like, oh my god! Like, I don't want to read this. I know. And so, so it's kind of like oh, I just don't want to bum myself out you know i mean yeah. it's, it's just so sad that 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 happened and yeah it's just sad and it just bums you out so you just try to keep both of them separate yeah it's kind of those things where it's too or you have you want to keep up to date with the news to know what's going on at the same time i really don't watch the news at all like it's like it's like you said it's just depressing most of the time but then it's yeah. still good to kind of keep up with current events too so but i tend to not to watch too much new stuff i usually when i just go on msn <laughs> their webpage i scroll down their new stuff to see real quick as i'm opening my inbox for my email so you're the only you're the only person using hotmail and msn yeah i think i am <laughs> i was like why not i don't want to change it i don't why bother <laughs> i get mail i'm able to send mail that's all that matters <laughs> um but yeah so i i keep it separate tim keeps it separate uh, his second question, though, is being that you guys talk about a lot about music, what are your favorite bands and songs? I know Tim's been pretty vocal about a couple of his favorite bands. So, Tim. Okay. Here's my definitive favorite bands list. I actually have tiers. I've got the greatest bands <laughs> of all time, which are like untouchable, like those okay. at the top. The Beatles and Nirvana. But then I got my favorite bands who are still around right now and I keep listening to them <laughs> over and over again. And I think you can already guess what my number one is going to be. 311, obviously. <laughs> then it's going to be Foo Fighters. Then it's going to be Weezer. That's like, 
that's like my trinity <laughs> like the dc trinity of batman superman and wonder woman that's my music band trinity 311 foo fighters and weezer to go along with the beatles and nirvana it's like my all-time favorites is that it well i got other bands that i like too like like um, who like deftones like incubus or like uh, have you heard of the group called the living end they're, they're an australian like punk rockabilly type band no <laughs> okay. I really like Linkin Park a lot. Have you heard of a group called Zebrahead? No. Okay. <laughs> They're really not that big. They had one big hit. Well, I wouldn't call it a big hit. It just had a hit, I guess, back yeah. in '98. But they're another band I like. Hmm. That's anything else, Tim? Well, there's a lot of bands on my iPod, but those are bands where, like, every album that comes out, I have to check it out and listen to them. And, I end up liking most of the stuff those bands put out anyway, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, for me... Uh, I'd probably say the band. Um, uh, the Allman Brothers Band. Uh, Bob Dylan. There, there, there was like a year that I listened to nothing but Bob Dylan bootlegs. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would search for them and uh, sometimes trade with people on... Uh, there's like a, a forum specifically for trading bootlegs uh so yeah like there was about like a year i listened to nothing but bob dylan bootlegs um nothing really current uh yeah nothing really current nothing really that interests me um i mean i if you like current music that's fine i don't it it, it just doesn't really interest me at all uh so yeah probably just the band bob dylan and um uh what do you call it? uh the almond brothers band oh and uh the jesus and mary chain uh pixies that's pretty much it yeah, you said you're a big Beatles fan too i remember <laughs> yeah but not so much anymore anymore how can you get out of liking the Beatles? <laughs> i don't know i just got you can only listen to their album so many times. No, they're timeless. I can listen to them over and over and <laughs> over again. I also really like Tom Petty a lot. He loves like older type bands. Tom Petty's Heartbreak. Can't even say that band. Really? The Petty? Heartbreakers. Yeah, that yeah, really? is really good. But I will say too, I think I am at that old man age where music that's going on, new music that's out today, I have no idea what they are. Like, <laughs> I turn on the radio, I hear a song. Most of the time, I don't know what the band or group is. I just don't like the whole way music, or technically, I guess you could say, is alternative rock music is now, because a lot of it's just keyboards and synth. When I think they can have their place for some good songs, but when it's the main focus of the music, I really don't like it too much. I like the classic, just distortion, heavy guitars, bass, and drums. That's all I need. And it seems rock music right now is moving away towards that, but it'll hopefully come back, because I firmly believe that music... Uh, comes music popularity comes in cycles like the whole the rock that i like anyway will come back maybe a few years from now then it'll go go away for a little bit come back and the whole music scene is in cycles i believe so it'll have its day again but right now it's kind of in the background where it's not what popular music is that's for sure this day so you don't so you don't like any popular bands tim not really i mean i probably can't even name you what's like the big rock bands out right now well the but, foo fighters are pretty big they're, they're the so biggest big. yeah the one for the rock that i like but i don't think they're the ones that they have a new album coming out in a few weeks but what's getting played the most like on my local rock radio station is 
it's really not them. And Weezer had a new album that came out a few weeks ago. I mean, they get played some, but it's not like number one or anything, I don't think. So, like any new or current band that's out, I probably wouldn't be able to name to you. <laughs> I'm at that age now. <laughs> yeah, I never thought that too. would happen. I thought I'd keep up to date with current bands and all that stuff. But if I can't get into the music, I'm not going to follow them. So <laughs> stick yeah, with the ones that I like. It's just like nothing interests me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I give it a chance. I mean, I have Spotify and like I'll go on the new albums list. Like you get the email mm-hmm. and I'll be like, okay, I'll listen to so-and-so. And then, you know, after a while, I just, I don't know. It, it, maybe we are old, Tim. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, that, that was freaking stupid of me. Like I, uh, for a year, literally a year, I listened to nothing but Bob Dylan bootlegs because I I bought um kind of like a fan guide to it's kind of like a um, you know like those sports beckets that you used to buy uh, yeah the the sports card beckets uh and it lists like every every single bootleg and I was like okay so I'm gonna try to get all of these maybe like one page and uh it went on. Longer than that, longer than I, <laughs> which is really bad. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that was kind of stupid of me. But hey, you enjoyed the songs you got to hear. That's all that matters. Yeah, but it was even from his crappy stuff. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> well, that's how you know you're a diehard fan. Like, 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 no offense to uh, Christian people, but his Christian period was wasn't the best music, <laughs> and it wasn't the best concerts. Uh, sure, that there were a couple of gems in there, but. Uh, it wasn't the greatest, but like I would listen to like every single Christian concert that he did it, <laughs> when he was doing his Christian music and like his uh, his bad 80s music, um, just find, finding like all the bootlegs. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> did you listen to his Traveling Wilbury stuff with Tom Perry and George Harrison and Jeff Lynne? No, not really. I mean, I, I'm not into super groups. That's the problem. And uh yeah, that that really didn't that didn't really interest me. They have some good stuff on there. Yeah, um, I mean, of course you you got to get the '60s stuff. So it's, you know, from like '63 to '66, some people go back to '62. Um, but to me, his best period was in the early '70s, and then for some reason, it just got really bad for a little bit, and then. He went into his Christian stuff. <laughs> well, as long as he was able to get out of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because you're going to have your bumps in the road sometimes, as a, even your favorite groups. <laughs> but uh, at least for the bands I like, I pretty much... I'm someone who's... When I really like a band that were my favorites, I'm, it's hard for me not to like what they put out. <laughs> Maybe that just shows where it's, I like the band so much that I'm blind to stuff that maybe that isn't so good. I don't know, but... Like, the... The five, my five all-time favorite bands I mentioned of, I pretty much like all the stuff they've put out. Sure, there may be a song or two that I'll skip occasionally, but for the most part, like I'm just a fan of all they do. <laughs> but I know that's not the case with everyone. Even like the hard, most hardcore 311 fans will say, uh, this album of theirs isn't good. They have their album that's <laughs> considered their worst of the bunch, even though I enjoy it still. So. What's it called? It's called Don't Tread on Me. It's their eighth album. Oh. But I really like it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, I meant I meant to ask you. I don't know why I didn't just look this up, but uh, during the um, the Nirvana Unplugged, mm-hmm. uh, they they have a second guitarist there. Uh, is that the guy? That's the guy from the Germs, right? Mm-hmm. He's in Foo Fighters too. Was that guy's name Pat? Uh, Pat Smear. Yeah, Pat Smear. Yeah. My dad actually met him at an airport. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was like in 97, 98 when he met the Foo Fighters. My dad's like, hey, you're Pat Smear. <laughs> and he, he said his face was like, yeah, like, aren't you too old to like my kind of music or know who I am? <laughs> but he had him sign like, some of his paperwork. So <laughs> that's been his claim to fame to us for years. Like, I met he, Pat he met Pat Smear yeah. <laughs> in, an air, in an airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He reminded me of this funny story. He said, I have this friend. I used to, um, I went to uh, elementary school with, right? Mm-hmm. This was around the time uh, that George in the Jungle movie came out, the Disney <laughs> one. And like, one day he came to school and he was so, so excited. And, like he came up to us and he was like, guess who I met? Guess who I met? I met Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> well, at like, the time, he was guest. Yeah, well, he was the actor. top. Yeah, he was a top actor. But then his career went downhill after, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after that. I know. He hasn't done anything. He also he did like those old 60 cartoons. Really, cause then he did, uh, what was that, like Canadian Ranger Dudley Do Right or something like that. What's his name? That's one oh, of those yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got that claim to fame for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Has he been in anything good? Well, not that I've seen him in or I can remember. Hold on. But he was in the Mummy. I, I enjoyed the first Mummy. Yeah, but it came, became a novelty after the second. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to settle something here. Has Brendan Fraser ever been in a good movie? <laughs> You're looking at his IMD page, aren't you? Yes. Okay, let's see. Wow, he has a lot of movies. <laughs> the Twilight of the... He, I, George of the Jungle, Still Breathing, Gods and Monsters, Blast from the Past, Mummy, Dudley Do-Right. Yeah, so what... Dudley Do-Right, yeah. Bedazzled. Okay. Uh, Mummy Returns. See the Quiet American. Uh, Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, he was in Crash. The movie Crash. I guess that's a good one. If you say so, because I never seen it. <laughs> well, it won, it won uh, the Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, wow, that looks horrible. <laughs> Escape from Planet Earth. <laughs> so, he, he, he was in G.I. Joe, the, the Rise of Cobra. He was? Yeah. I don't remember. Unless I came in the middle of that movie, so maybe I just missed his only appearance in there. Let's see. Well, he's not in the main... Oh, he is. Oh, he's uncredited. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As Sergeant Stone. Okay. <laughs> that's why he didn't see him. All right, but anyway, that's I think that's all of our listener feedback. Well, we do have an email from Corbin. Oh, I hate Corbin. <laughs> you just wanted to forget about him. <laughs> I just wanted to forget about him. <laughs> Corbin's email says, "Awesome to know that we've got two diabetics representing on Bat Fans. 
Yes, definitely one who knows what he's talking about instead of us, like I said before. <laughs> so you got that for you, Corbin. After listening to the last episode, we need to get in the business of recreating movie-themed restaurants. As long as there's a Star Wars and Batman one, yes, that's all that matters. <laughs> the Lego movie is one of my favorite movies. The humor is freaking perfect. I highly recommend you guys watch it ASAP. Well, seeing that you saw it, Dane, I guess I'm the only one who's missing out on this awesome movie. Because I haven't heard one bad thing about it yet. Watch Which when I see The Lego movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're missing out, man. Watch when I see it. I'm going to have complaints about it. I'm going to be the only one who doesn't like it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to movies. But he says, my tweet about the ugly barnacle was the story told in SpongeBob. So if you haven't watched that, then you need to, then you need some of that in your life. <laughs> Never gotten into SpongeBob, but me neither. But but going back to uh, recreating movie theme restaurants, how about a uh, Silence of the Lambs one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much wrong with that. <laughs> but like a um, like an alien one. Would where that an alien creature comes out of your food no matter what you order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just pops out. That'd actually be pretty funny. Yeah. Or um, Terminator. That would be cool, actually. But I don't know if you have any gimmicks with that with your actual food. <laughs> yeah, your food comes from the future. <laughs> if it's brought to you by robots, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> or um, huh, what else? Uh, how about... A, an insomnia themed <laughs> red restaurant. It's I'm pretty gonna, good, you know. <laughs> there needs to be a Lord of the Rings one too. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, you go to the vegetarian vegetarian section would be with elves and like if you want meat and all that, it'll be like dwarf themed. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh? Let, let's try to think of a crappy movie. The Batman and Robin restaurant. <laughs> oh no no no! I I still know what you did last summer themed restaurant. <laughs> the Freddie Prince Jr. one. Was he in that one? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Wing Commander restaurant. Uh, <laughs> if that comes out before a Star Wars themed restaurant, <laughs> there's something wrong. Commander. <laughs> yeah, Mark Hamill was in the game. Yeah. I think Freddie Prince Jr. actually admits that that was a bad movie. <laughs> oh, you mean he was stating the obvious? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, some actors will try to defend their work no matter how bad it is. But... Yeah, but why would you stick by your crap? Like you know, it's bad. Everybody knows it's bad. <laughs> but Corbin continues saying Gotham is kind of kind of starting to slip. I'm not li- liking how they are portraying some of the characters, particularly Montoya and Barbara is kind of annoying. I still like Gordon and Bullock, as well as Penguin. I guess I'm just not all that into live-action comic TV shows, because I've yet to fall in love with one. Recently, I'm getting more and more into indie comics, non-superhero-type stuff. Not that I'm not liking superheroes anymore. I'm just getting more creator-owned stuff currently than I am the mainstream stuff. Have you guys gotten into Have you guys gotten into this kind of phase? And if so, what are you into? And he concludes by saying, I was saving this for later, but Alex bringing this out last episode made me bring out the big guns. His challenge for Darth Vader this episode is Batman. <laughs> but before that, I'll just say I haven't delved too much into indie comics. It's not that I don't want to. Just, I don't know. Stuff I've little that I've heard doesn't really grab me for a story point. So I haven't really delved too much into that aspect. But I hear there's a, lot, there's a lot of good ones out there I know. But maybe one day I will. But as of right now, not so much for me. How about you, Dane? Any indie comics? Yeah, there's a bunch. Um 
but I would just mention one for you, Corbin. Uh, if you really like indie comics that have nothing to do with superheroes, but it's a really good story, you should read um, Craig Thompson's stuff, like Blankets and Habibi, and uh, even Goodbye Chunky Rice. That's a good one. Hmm. It's really, really sad. Like all three of those books are really, really sad, but uh, they're really, really uh, well written and uh, drawn too. So. Yeah, Craig Thompson, if you can get your hands on one of his books. Okay, so Batman versus Darth Vader. <laughs> There's actually, I don't know if you see these movies, but these like these fan films. That's from, uh, let's see, I'm ready to forget the name of it. But they pit like these comic book characters, movie characters in a fight. They're really well like, done. Like, like Alien versus Predator? Something like that. They've done yeah. loads of Batman ones. Like they did Batman versus Wolverine, Batman versus Deadpool. They had Darth Vader versus Gandalf. <laughs> Stuff like that. They're actually really well made. I just, I'm blanking on the name right now. But they're actually going to do a Batman versus Darth Vader one, which I'm curious to see how they're going to pull off because the, my argument is that Darth Vader is almost unbeatable with the Force, but you know Batman always thinks of everything. If he could find some way to outsmart Darth Vader or some way to make the Force ineffective on him, he would be the character to do it. That's <laughs> oh, he could. Damn. That's he could. But if there was someone, he'd be the one to do it <laughs> to find someone. Uh oh, Tim. Uh oh, I think you're. I think you're gonna piss somebody off. <laughs> yeah, someone. It's hard to pick between these two, but uh, Batman. If he had a lightsaber, I think he'd be able to wield it. No problem. It was that cool image. That was one of our cover arts that we had earlier on. And Corbin sent us that image with Batman and the lightsaber against Darth Vader. It just looks so cool. <laughs> it would be so to see these two characters go uh, off with, the, with each other in a fight. But I think these, unless Batman has a way to repel the Force, have it not effective, he would win, but I don't think he could. So I'm still going to have to give the nod to Darth Vader just slightly. Uh-oh. <laughs> Dustin's going to hear this, Tim. I'm going to send him <laughs> this clip right here. Uh-oh. And you will be gone. This is my last podcast because <laughs> I picked Say bye to everybody. Back. Say bye to Corbin. Say bye to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so long, everyone. Corbin, <laughs> Alex, Jake. It's been <laughs> but, but now that uh, Corbin sent in an email, you know what that means. Tweets from Corbin. But before we that, unfortunately... I... I just got to say that thing yeah. I was talking about where the versus videos is called Superpower Beatdown. Check those out for some pretty cool uh, videos of different characters facing each other. They're pretty funny. Pretty funny and pretty well done, too. All right. So, unfortunately, we have to get to through this crap. But <laughs> if we got to read Corbin's tweets because he sent in an email. And that's our agreement, right, Tim? We have a written contract. One yes. that nobody signed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Corbin tweeted us and he said Gotham Academy was also great if you haven't read that I haven't the premise uh, of that hasn't grabbed me either so <laughs> not like Arkham Manor did what we'll yeah. later uh, but he retweeted somebody from Modern Myth Media I'm sure it's someone I follow <laughs> too because I follow everyone yeah. from Sh- Sean Gerber Sean Gerber yeah Gerber uh-huh. yeah he uh he tweeted something, a quote from Jonathan Nolan, and it's hashtag Interstellar. Uh, he Which says, "I'm sure it is amazing, by the way." <laughs> yeah, I really want to see that movie. Yeah, I really want to see that movie. Oh yeah, by the way, I just watched watched uh, Inception, and 
can you explain something to me too? I think I got the story, but I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters. But yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, well, maybe like Alex or Corbin will like answer this. But what did Leonardo DiCaprio plant in his wife's head? Yeah, I see. I'm gonna have to see it again. <laughs> it's been four years. No, no, it was like something about like limbo or like something bad or. Yeah, see, I don't remember. I don't know, Corbin, Alex. If you if you know the answer, please, because it's been bothering me. But anyway, because uh, you should <laughs> have said, what did Leonardo DiCaprio put in Talia's head, and what did John Blake do to help along with Bane and yeah. Alfred? <laughs> Bane and Alfred. Is that it? Yeah, I think um, that's all the Batman characters. Nobody else was in that movie. <laughs> um. But Corbin says, 80% of my marriage is quoting SpongeBob. (laughs) The foundation for a successful marriage, SpongeBob. Your wife must be a happy woman, Corbin. Uh, But he he goes on to say, Dr. Pepper 10 and Coke Zero are the best things to happen to diabetics. Then he says, holy freaking crap, Age of Ultron looks so freaking awesome. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, and then he says, was going to play Destiny, but PS Network is dumb. I will. I guess I'll go work out instead. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. That's Video fun. games over working out any day. <laughs> uh, but he says, when blood sugar lows wake you up early, you play Destiny. Uh... If anyone has a PS3, message me, and I'll try to add you as a friend. I have no friends. <laughs> you know what? I have a PS3. I haven't sent Corbin a friend request. I should probably do that. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should ask him what his PlayStation handle? Your PlayStation Network ID, I think. Oh, is what it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though I'll probably never play a PlayStation game online. <laughs> but he says, Ciara has created... Is Sierra his sister or his wife? No, it's his wife. Remember he said that in two emails. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, and his sister is right below that tweet. I'm guessing. <laughs> I, I, I think that's her. Because I think her name was Cassidy. I think he said her name was Cassidy. But anyway, uh, he says Sierra has created her own character and is playing Destiny right now. And that's it from Corbin. Because Corbin doesn't deserve time on our <laughs> podcast. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but we have to do um, tweets from uh, Kyle Higgins. Tim. Then go right ahead. <laughs> Gotta get, do it while it lasts before his Batman Beyond runs over again. I'm already starting to cry. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's why, that's why we need to keep the spirit of Kyle Higgins live on this show. Uh, Interstellar is bold and ballsy. Huge ideas done in a concrete grounded way and some of the finest space travel spectacle this side of 2001. Another positive review for Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. Makes me makes me want to see it even more now. He says, uh, I haven't pulled pigs off my D2X yet, but here's an iPhone shot of the amazingness that is Hobbiton. <laughs> Man, how did I miss that tweet? I didn't see that one from. Yeah, how did you, Tim? Oh, f- finally have some Wi-Fi in Auckland. Auckland. 
Auckland. Is that how you say that, Tim? <laughs> I guess. I'm not looking at the word. What an amazing, amazing trip. Can't wait to pull the pics off my camera. See, Tim, that's what Kyle Higgins is up to. Yeah, because he has tons of free time now because he's not writing Batman Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's doing Call. I know, but Batman Are you going to read that, Tim? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So so thank you, everybody. Th- thanks, Alex and Corbin, for your – well, not Corbin, but Alex <laughs> <laughs> for for your um, for your email. We love you, man. We love you. Don't ever forget that. And keep on sending us emails because Jake has been absent like crazy. So we don't know what's going on with him. And he thanks, sent Corbin. this email last time. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he has to be consistent. What's up? What's up with that, Jake? <laughs> how dare you uh, put other priorities before our podcast? <laughs> know, how dare you, Jake? Got but, um, yeah, thank you, Corbin. Uh, we love you, man. Don't ever forget that unless you say that you like Marvel more than DC. Then we'll have to hate you. Are you going to do the intro? <laughs> I thought you were going to go right into it. You're the, you're the host, man. Uh, but Jake. <laughs> I don't know, it just sounded like you were going to go right in. <laughs> Do it now, Tim. I guess I was dozing off. <laughs> Stop dozing off. We have things to do, Tim. Things to do, places to go. Yes. But with that, that can take us right into our comic book reviews. And we're going to be covering the weeks of October 15th and October 22nd. And as usual, we're going to be spoiler, spoiler heavy with these comics, like we always are. So if you haven't read any of these issues yet, you might want to hold off, read them, and then listen to the section to hear what we thought. So we're going to be covering Batman and Robin number 35, and then Batman Eternal Recap issues 28 and 29, and then Arkham Manor number one, which I wasn't planning on getting, but when I saw the comic shop, I flipped through it. You know what? I'm going to give it a shot. It looks pretty interesting. So how was it? You'll find out soon. <laughs> but rating scale for this episode, what's it going to be, Dane? It's going to be um, Jenna Malone movies. Just Jenna Malone movies? <laughs> yes. That's too simple for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, crappy crappy uh, Yankees relievers <laughs> that blow the lead in the, in the bottom of the eighth of the ALCS. There you go. <laughs> I knew Tom Gordon was going to reap his head again somewhere. During Tom the- Gordon. <laughs> yes. Greatest relief pitcher that ever pitched in relief. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Batman and Robin number 35. So good thing we know how this story arc is going to end already. <laughs> so, but I read this issue before I got that announcement, so there's a little mystery still going into it. But this one is started off really cool. I love the artwork of Batman and Apocalypse, and that new suit he has, it's just awesome. <laughs> I just love it. He's, it starts off with uh, these looks like these parademons about to execute these lowly citizens of Apocalypse, just throwing them into a fire pit because Darkseid says the planet has to be fed. But as they're about to go into this pit. Batman comes and rescues them in his awesome, cool new suit. Then he starts interrogating one of the parademons, asking for uh, where the person, uh, the General Godfrey, where he is, and where's Damien's uh, coffin. 
And I don't know, there's something cool about seeing Batman interrogate some aliens for a change in this awesome suit. A little different change of pace from just normal criminals. I know there's some Batman fans out there who don't like seeing Batman in space and want to see more grounded, but I think it's fun and it's just a different uh, environment to see Batman in. That looks really cool because, man, that suit is awesome. <laughs> but unfortunately, the majority of the issue doesn't take place with Batman on Apocalypse. I wish it did, but um, the other aspect of it is pretty much Jason, Barbara, and Tim, they want to go to Apocalypse to help Batman out, but they needed a way to open a boom tube. And the only person who was able to do that with them would be Cyborg, since what happened with the whole Apocalypse invasion in Justice League, and that was pretty much how he became Cyborg. So he has a way, he has a mother box in him to open up a boom tube. So they pretty much tricked Cyborg in to come into the Batcave to try to help him out solve a problem where Batman's been setting up like these hologram images of villains to keep the Justice League busy while he stole the Batsuit. And so they tell Cyborg that he did the same thing with us. We're having trouble with disabling them. Can you do it for us? So he, he agrees to it. And while they do, they put this like virtual reality visor on him and it just like short circuits him and knocks him out. And so Al Alfred connects him to the Internet 3.0, which has him dreaming like a perfect life that he's having. So to keep him like from waking up and causing havoc and pretty much getting mad at everybody. They're keeping them sedated while they try to open up the boom tube. And there's also a moment there that I felt dragged on a little bit too much, but too necessary. They just pretty much go to Batwoman and tell her that uh, she needs to watch over Gotham City while they're away. I thought that was something that could only have been a few panels, but it kind of dragged on for like a few pages, actually. So <laughs> I thought that could have been left out. We could add more with Batman on Apocalypse. Because there was another cool moment where Batman's like his suit's almost like the Venom symbiote, where now it forms off. It's like it almost looks alien like that, which just when you combine that with a Batman costume, it's a win-win in my book. <laughs> so that was cool. And then, so technically, um, Barbara, Jason, and Tim they get access to the boom tube from Cyborg, and they go in to help Batman and Apocalypse. But right as they're about to go out, Cyborg wakes up, and he's all upset, like, what's going on? What'd you do to me? Where are you going? And Alfred explains it to him, and that Cyborg's not going to stay behind while they went to help Batman alone. So he pretty much joins them to Apocalypse. So you got Robin, or Red Robin, Red Hood, and Batgirl, and Cyborg on Apocalypse out to help Batman. And there's also have some different costumes as they went. Alfred gave him some Robin-inspired costumes. So we got Batgirl in a Robin costume, Tim Drake in a Robin costume, not Red Robin. It's probably the best costumes he's had since <laughs> he since Red Robin from the new before the new 52. And then Jason Todd's in Robin gear. It looked pretty cool. I thought it was a nice little like uniform outfits for them to be in when it's a rescue and Damien. They even had the Robin insignia logo on it too. So the, the issue ends though with uh, Darkseid's son Kalibek using Damien in that chaos. Uh, crystal to power some massive weapon that shoots out this big energy beam over Apocalypse, and it's, you see a split panel between Batman and the other cyborg, Batgirl, Robin, and uh, Red Robin, and Red Hood looking at that explosion. So it was a pretty good issue. I wish it was focused more on Apocalypse with Batman because the artwork and that would look really awesome. But uh, overall, I'll just give it a three out of five crappy Yankee pitchers who blow leads in the eighth inning like Tom Gordon did in 2004. <laughs> But I will say, this, as the story continues, it's going to be a little lackluster knowing that this Damien going to be the net Robin again. And this, I guess the only mystery is how he's going to be brought back to life. So we'll see how it all wraps up. But it's still continue to be entertaining. But on to October 22nd, we got a Batman Eternal recap, issues 28 and 29. 
And issue 28, this one, we're getting to the point where we're trying to establish Catwoman kind of taking this new role as the mob leader in Gotham, as we know this is going to happen later on. But um, before that, we're dealing with Jason Todd kind of saying he's ready to leave Gotham. He's talking to Starfire, saying to send a ship to pick him up. But she's all convincing him, oh, you better say goodbye first to Batgirl. You know, this is your home, this is your friends and all that. And Batgirl is still <laughs> busy uh, interrogating Jason or Detective or Commissioner Barr now just by having him dangling from a rooftop. But then the main thrust, like I said, Catwoman's been captured by the gangster Bone. And because that little girl, Jade, who's Killer Cox, trying to find her uncle has her in custody and she made, he made her lead them to Catwoman and then they're about to execute her. But uh, Killer Croc comes in and bursts through the door looking for that girl, Jade, and is pretty much going to kill anyone in his path. So while he's causing that distraction, Catwoman decides to have uh, Jade help her out to get her out of being tied up. She's tied up to like a, a stripper dancing pole and that's where she was going to be executed at in this club. So she's trying to have Jade free her since she was technically the one who got her into this mess since she brought that guy Bone to her apartment. But uh, during the chaos, uh, Jade's uncle is talking with Bone and Bone is saying, you need to kill Catwoman. She's right there. You need to do the dirty work yourself. He's all, oh, it's been years since I shot anyone. I can't aim. So we see the panel of Jade freeing Catwoman. Then we see the bullet him or her uncle about to fire. And then the next panel, just killer croc and shock his face. And we see the words blam indicating <laughs> the, the gunshot. But then it transitioned to Jason Todd going to Batgirl and telling her not to do what she's doing to Bard, saying, no, don't kill him. That's not you. Give me the rope. I'll do it because that's me. So he lets Bard fall. But Batgirl comes to her senses and she helps and she saves him. So pretty much that interrogation of Bard led to nothing <laughs> except for Jason and Barbara having a tender moment. It looked like Barbara was trying to coming on to Jason, <laughs> kind of telling him to stay in Gotham. He's saying Gotham's not enough for me. But he says, but she says, like, well, what if there is more to Gotham? You know, hint, hint, as she moves closer to him. <laughs> he just says no. Because, like you said, I'll never be Dick Grayson. That was his word. So he just leaves. I thought that was kind of pointless. No need to hint out of Jason Todd Batgirl romance. So hopefully with Jason Todd saying that, there's no more to that. Because <laughs> that just would have been lame in my opinion. But going back to the story with Catwoman and Jade, we find out that uh, her uncle actually shot her instead of Catwoman. And Killer Croc's all upset. He killed her uncle anyway. Just the, we don't see how he does it. We just see the panel of him dead on the floor, just in blood by his head. And then just Croc is just defeated. He's like, there's nothing left for him. He said, they took his people. They took his jade. They took my soul. And I got nothing. Just like, send me to Arkham. So then Batman, Batman comes too late, of course. because he's been... Uh, he actually had let the Flamingo go from the last issue to trail him to find out where all the gang members were meeting. But he arrived too late. As by the time he got there, Jay was already dead. Croc's already there. Catwoman's already free. So seeing Jade die kind of knocked Catwoman into her senses saying she knows what she has to do in order to set this whole mob feud going on right because it's revealed that yeah she is the daughter of the lion the guy who was uh, trained uh, Carmon Falcone so we knew Catwoman eventually was going to be take over the whole mob element of Gotham and now she's finally accepting that role where she's going to do whatever it takes to gain control because this whole gang war has to stop since it cost that little girl her life so a lot of 
I would say surprising deaths that have happened in Batman Eternal. One of them had to do with a little lion <laughs> and that I didn't see coming. And then this one had to do with Jade, who was pretty, I want to say a major character, but she had some big roles in the earlier issues. So I was surprised that they killed her off. But it was to serve the point of getting Catwoman to where she needs to be as the leader of the mob element in Gotham. So this issue was pretty solid. I was going to give it three out of five. Uh, crappy Yankee pitchers who can't get anyone out and blow leads in the eighth inning. <laughs> just like Tom Gordon. Yes, just <laughs> like Tom Gordon. And then number 29, this issue, yeah, I'll just say right now, I really didn't like it all. It went back to the whole supernatural Arkham element that's going on, which I really didn't read too much anyway in those earlier issues. But the only good part about it, I think, two good things, where in the beginning we see Alfred being, seeing what he's uh, going through, being exposed to the Scarecrow's fear toxin. And it looks pretty messed up. So, also too, we get the appearance of Doctor Milo, who you may remember from Batman the Animated Series as one of Daggett's doctors who created that uh, formula that gave Selina Kyle the fever, <laughs> which isn't really one of the best episodes of Batman the Animated Series, but it was the introduction to that character, I believe. So now he's finally making his way into comics. But yeah, just a lot of stuff going on with Gotham and these creatures coming out from like just all the supernatural stuff with. Uh, with that character's name, Jim Car- Jim Kerrigan, I believe. Like I said, I didn't read too many of those issues that were going on during that part of Batman Eternal, so I was I was able to make out the most of what was going on, but it just wasn't very interesting to me. It's like the least important aspect of Batman Eternal, in my opinion. But there was a cool moment where Batman takes out a police helicopter that was going to shoot on civilians because they were out past curfew, you know, martial laws installed in Gotham now. So, but Batman wasn't going to let him. But police helicopter gunned down a bunch of people and got them. So it was cool to see him take that out. And then the whole big thing to get from this issue was that Arkham gets blown up pretty much. There's this big like green energy that comes out. It's, I think it's getting taken out of the uh, the Kerrigan character. And it, the last page is a big green light shooting out of Arkham. And it's just going to explode. <laughs> That's where the last page ends. So... We'll see where it goes from there, but I really didn't like all the supernatural stuff that's going on with Arkham. But it was necessary, I guess, to find out in this issue because it's going to tie into Arkham Manor coming up. <laughs> but this one, yeah, it's forgettable. I'm just going to give it a one out of half, a one and a half crappy Yankee pictures that blow eight inning leads like Tom Gordon did. I probably should have just skipped this one. <laughs> it's one and a half too much, Tim. Yes. <laughs> There's not going to be any zero ratings for these any of these comic reviews, so <laughs> I'm stuck with some crappy Yankee relief pictures. <laughs> but the last one, Arkham Manor, number one. Like I said, I wasn't planning on getting this one, but as I flip through it, I go, you know what, the premise sounds pretty interesting. Batman seems to have a role in it, so I'll check it out. And this was a pleasant surprise. I actually really liked it. And I guess it was good that I read Batman Eternal number 29 anyway, because it starts right off with Arkham being exploded with this big green light coming out so if i didn't read that i wouldn't know what the heck was going on and why it happened but i did find it a little curious as to when exactly this is going to take place because they were having trouble i guess finding a permanent location for the arkham inmates now that it's destroyed so where does where are they going to take it and then it comes out that it's going to be wayne manor but you didn't really see too much like Bruce putting up a fight or offering to help. So you really didn't find out too much as far as why Wayne Manor was selected. It was just like revealed to like a city councilman or something like, oh, it was on a list. And someone goes, 
he was talking to the mayor saying, oh, I thought that was the last place you'd choose. I was actually just there for a joke. So, but that ends up being Wayne Manor. So I wonder if we're going to get more insight in Batman Eternal as to for our, as far as why Bruce kind of agreed to this, or did he really want it, Wayne Manor to do become Arkham? Or like, what was his reasoning behind it? I'm curious to see that. Because he ends up saying, or not saying, just thinking to himself, like, like it's kind of almost ironic type of thing where his, the home that he grew up in is now going to be home to like some of the criminals he's fighting out on the streets and putting in there. So but what I liked about this issue is like kind of that struggle Batman's having with himself. Like the home that he grew up in is now housing these like the criminally insane. And there's something about that that just seems wrong for Batman. So I like that parallel aspect that Bruce is having with himself, which was pretty cool. But another thing too, which I don't know how long this takes place after Batman Eternal, Alfred's pretty much alive and well, we know he's alive, but he's fine now. He's talking to Bruce in his new apartment that he's staying in. So I assume this takes place several months, weeks after Eternal, because it doesn't look like how Alfred has any effects of the fear gas that he was exposed to. So what gets Batman down to investigate Arkham? He got to call that someone's been murdered there. And he goes down. It was a really cool uh, sequence where he's walking into Arkham and there's these two panels side by side of each other, two like full page uh, panels where you see one side what Batman remembers his home as being Wayne Manor. He sees Gordon in there. He sees Alfred there to greet him. But then on the right side of the page, it's what it is now. You see Bullock there. You see Arkham doctors. You see uh, like glass doors blocking <laughs> the entrance to certain areas of the manor. You see the uh, roommate or the Arkham inmates' rooms. Just weird seeing Wayne Manor being used like that. I just like kind of had a creepy feel to it, which I thought was pretty cool. It made the 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 I guess the, just the feel overall feel of the issue. While I was reading it kind of had like a creepy feel, just knowing that it's Wayne Manor and Arkham. And you see Bruce walking through the inmates, walking past the inmate stores. He's just thinking in his head of like his old rooms, like where he was as a child, as a teenager, and then training as a man. So I just like what's going on in Bruce's head as he's passing through this kind of saying, like, this has always been my home. And like, I could disappear into when things weren't right. But now, like, like the home has saved me when I could, could have gone crazy. Like this, the, the home just means so much to him. But now it's like, <laughs> it's becoming a place that's for all these criminals and for murders now because someone is murdered in here and Batman's there to investigate it. So it just, like I said before, this kind of neat seeing this like twisted view of Wayne Manor now that has become Arkham. So Batman asks Bullock, like, what happened? He says, the camera didn't see anything. We don't know what's going on. But he says, uh, just like, there was another murder in here before this guy. That kind of confuses Bruce. Like, like there's been two murders here? Like, how can, how can this happen in my home type of thing? So then he decides to do something about it. He tells Alfred to steal a body from the morgue. And then we see him in his computer kind of erasing the name of this person. And so the people at the morgue are saying, this guy has no ID. We can't like match it he has no uh, records he has no name he has no uh like uh, just any records to go by to find out who he is so so it t- turns out bruce stole this guy's identity and then we see back to arkham where they're delivering another inmate because he said oh, we found you uh like in the subway causing trouble with a knife saying you're gonna kill people there for uh i forget the reason why <laughs> he just said he threatened people on a subway and they brought him in and he says that uh like if you treat people with respect, we'll treat you as respect. So they finds out they ask this person's name, and he goes, "My name is Jack Shaw," which was the name of the dead body 
of the Bruce had to <laughs> erase from the record. So it turns out Bruce is actually going to be an Arkham inmate <laughs> under undercover as this Jack Shaw person, which I think is going to lead for some pretty interesting stories. So just the overall feel of the tone of the issue I really like was Arkham being in Wayne Manor and what that means to Bruce. And now Bruce actually pretending to be an inmate in there going undercover, I think should make for some pretty cool stories. So I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I did think the art of it was a little hit and miss. There was some shots where I think Bruce kind of had like a ape, like it almost looked like an ape in certain shots, like a half man, half ape type pose, which I didn't really like, but it wasn't through every page of the issues. So it's just certain sequences and panels that showed Bruce looking a little off to me, but other than that, this issue was pretty solid. So I'm going to go ahead and give it four out of five crappy Yankee pitchers who come in the eighth inning and blow leads like Tom Gordon. <laughs> Just like Tom Gordon. <laughs> I should have mentioned Job in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Joba Chamberlain. Joba Chamberlain. <laughs> but anyway, that's our comic review section for this episode. And with that, that's actually going to conclude our episode. Another one in the book, Dane. <laughs> good, good. We're getting to 70, Tim. Yes, we made it through 69. <laughs> See, I wanted to do that Bill and Ted thing. Whenever they say 69, they do the guitar riff. <laughs> Maybe you can add it in later. <laughs> yeah, like the 66 Batman uh, yeah. logo. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, our episode is coming to the close. But as always, you can check out the Batman Universe at thebatmanuniverse.net and be sure to check out our sponsor, tweakedaudio.com, where if you enter the code TBUSAVES, you receive 33% off your entire order. So that's tweakedaudio.com. And then also you can follow the Batman Universe page on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse and on Twitter at Batman Universe. And then you can also follow me and Dane on Twitter. I'm at timg311. Uh, 311 i said that a little weird uh the dane is at dane says banana then you can also follow just our bat fans podcast twitter account at batfans 27 you can also follow us our face on facebook at facebook.com slash the bat fans podcast and if you want to send us any emails like corbin alex and jake do you can send us an email at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com and also on itunes if you're listening to to us through there feel free to leave us a review let us know what you think of the show we're still at 11 <laughs> still trying to get that even number of 12 but until then we're still going to continue to plug and try to get reviews <laughs> yeah i mean we we need an even number i mean that that's that's all i ask it's 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 kind of like our um our uh twitter twitter page we're at 82 people so see so it's an even number and our Facebook likes is at 44. So. <laughs> Even number. Just that freaking iTunes, man. Uh, so it's then once things get to the odd numbers, then we'll ask to get 13 reviews. But <laughs> so yeah, you can find us on iTunes, and a review would be much appreciated. But with that, that'll do it. So, Dane, if you want to do your classic goodbyes, I'll send it over to you. <laughs> well, you also forgot to say that you can go over to Tweaked Audio no, I didn't. Uh, I did say that. <laughs> you you did just, say? Yeah, you probably just weren't listening. Oh, Tim. How could you? You were sleeping on my outro. <laughs> well, I, I, I usually don't listen to what you say, so. <laughs> Except when it comes to TV shows. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we love you, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. See you next time.
Yeah.